Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And dodge this, it's The Matrix. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Amy Jo, how you doing today? I'm just fine, Jeff. This film made me relive my youth in a way I didn't expect, which was cool, I guess. <laughs> I was never this cool in my youth, but I watched it in my youth. You get it? You, you weren't wearing that floor-length uh, <sighs> dusters wish, and leather wish, jackets and just leather. Say, so much leather. Lot of, I, all the leather. I went to high school in Colorado in the 90s, so like trench coats were, Ugh, yeah, yeah, were a no-no. Not, not after a certain point. Uh, so. Yeah. No. I could admire the look and also go, not for me. <laughs> but like now, I was craving all of the items to be put into my wardrobe. <laughs> of course, of course. All the wardrobe items. All those iconic sunglasses. Oh, yes, <laughs> uh, we love an aviator pen snake. Yeah, apparently um, <laughs> Carrie and Moss, uh, after the movie came out, she couldn't wear sunglasses or she'd be recognized. No. Like that's when she'd be recognized is that's when she'd be covering amazing. a quarter of her face with, with shades is that people would be like, Oh, Trinity. She um, needed like a kooky red cat eye is what she needed. <laughs> she just couldn't wear like a traditional sunglass. She needed to go oh, full eccentric on. I, I thought you meant cat eye makeup. You meant, you meant cat no, eye no, sunglasses. No, no. Cat eye sunglasses, you know, course, maybe like a tortoise shell or, or a bright red or something that just doesn't read like, hi, I am cool. You know those glasses that uh, that that the woman in My Cousin Vinny, where he's like holding up the fingers, where she's like such poor eyesight. It's like those like Coke bottle glasses. That That's is the perfect correct. disguise for a twenty-something Carrie Moss to be wearing these giant, thick, thick Coke I bottle have glasses. I heard <laughs> that in these days of mask wearing, uh-huh. that some teens have taken like their grandmother's IDs and then between masks and wearing oh, like yes. a wig have been trying yes. to buy beer dressed as old women because you can only full see part disguise. of their face. Full, full Vincent Adultman from BoJack disguise. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's so stupid and I can't condone it, but also like, right. I'm proud, you know? Right. I mean, I mean, as long as you're not like on each other's shoulders, if you're just like of your own... <laughs> I did a business. Your own two feet. You're, you're like clocking in at like 4'11", where you're like, okay, kid, no. But and, but if once you've got like kids on each other's shoulders where you're like, whatever, Hobbs and, and Calvin in a, in a trench coat, um, <laughs> A, I think the jig is up very quickly, and B, I think you're getting a little... Uh, a little too big for your your britches, uh, literally. Uh, the Matrix is a sci-fi action film that came out on March 31st, 1999, and was written and directed by Lana and Lily Wachowski. Amy Jo, what's your experience with The Matrix? Um, this came out when I was in high school, but I didn't see it in theaters. But I watched it many times um, in a rental capacity mm. um, because I dated a guy. And so... <laughs> As you can imagine, we watched this a lot. But then I worse, hadn't worse seen things it. to be forced oh, to watch. Trust, and I have seen them. But um, I, I don't think I've seen this since high school. I think the last time I wow. watched it was in my high school 
like the house I lived in in mm-hmm. high school basement, which means I could have watched it up to 2002 because that's like when my wow. my parents moved. So a long time. Yeah. Oh, since I had the last time you've seen this movie. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had forgotten everything but some of the like iconic visuals and a few sure, of the iconic sure. lines as things I think were once we, happening. Yeah, once you got to the lobby scene, you're like, oh, okay, this is where I remember. I, well, then that, that's a them like a major around, sequence. Shooting. Yeah, sure, but like sure. I remembered Spoon Boy. Spoon Boy. I remembered. Isn't I, he credited as Spoon Boy? We were trying to figure out if he was Australian or not, and so yes, we because listen at home, this this movie was primarily shot in Sydney, Australia. So smaller roles, and I'm sure like the under fives are all like Aussies so, uh, doing oh, American. That's right, because I said like, oh, that Spoon Boy, the kid with the spoon, sounds just like the the voiceover artist who does. <laughs> Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past and Muppet Christmas Carol. Um, but obviously, like, they were Not shot the years apart. They, they couldn't be. Right, and and right, right. we were like, well, this kid's probably Ozzy. We're like, mm, who's played Spoon Boy? And then he's credited as Spoon, Spoon Boy. Boy. Which is great. I, which we, did, we were discussing uh, last night while watching the movie. Of, like, of what a great, like, which would be like, oh, yeah, I'm an actor. It's like, oh, have you done anything I might know? You ever see The Matrix? It's like, oh, of course, yeah, love The Matrix. Yeah. You remember Spoon Boy? Do you remember Spoon Boy? <laughs> Do you remember that Boy? kid with the spoon? Do you remember the kid? Uh, the creepy bald child who bald could bend spoons to his mind? Dressed like a little Dalai Lama. That's uh, just like, <laughs> it's. you should not imagine to try to bend the spoon, mate. You, <laughs> you, the, you remember the there is no doesn't spoon. doesn't exist. <laughs> anyway. Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> These are merely shades of things that were. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, I don't remember how we got on Spoon Boy tag. Oh, you're just talking about. Oh, I remembered Spoon yeah. Boy. No, but there was so much, like, particularly plot wise. I'm sitting there going, "What happens in this movie other than yeah, bullet? Yeah, yeah. You know, the back old, bends. The old bullet time. The old like." I know kung fu. Like there, I remembered like a few things, and Some then but then as things lines. were happening, I'd be like, mm-hmm. "Oh wait, 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 wait!" But I truly was sitting there going, "Like it's almost like watching it anew," because yeah. I don't recall what occurs because it's been like almost twenty years. You totally forgotten all the body horror of uh, them making his mouth oh. disappear and sending that little bugly and the little belly button into was his, fine. Into his little belly button bug. Yeah, the bug bug <laughs> was too. I couldn't. Lot. What that was, was the part where I had to close my eyes? Was it when they were getting the bug back out of his belly button? Yeah, I couldn't watch that. that. There was there was something else. That, was it? Was oh, it, oh, oh, oh! It was oh. when they were oh, when when they were like disconnecting all his like portals. Uh, oh, oh, when oh, he oh, was oh, like, when, when, I'm a slimy, when Keanu, creature. Keanu wakes up and all the little oh. little uh, plugs are going like. Oh, and I, because I was like, wait, are these plugs? Are these like open, gaping sores? Like, I mean, I was a little disgusted. What a day of filming, as I said, when we were watching. <laughs> just like, just be covered in like KY jelly in a little pod all by yourself, like suspended off the, off like, I'm sure a little green screen with oh. all of this makeup to make it look like these, all like uh, dozens and dozens of plugs are like Ugh. inserted in you. Um, and that they shot like right at the end because he uh, clearly, because. Keanu had to like buzz his he shaved his he buzzed yeah. his hair down and they shot all the stuff on the the in the real world in the Nebuchadnezzar and then he shaved his like whole upper body uh and oh, and dropped ball. I don't know how it doesn't say how quickly but he then dropped 15 pounds so he could be 
emaciated. Tom Hanks and Castaway kind of sitch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, I need a break so I cannot (laughs) eat for a bit. I think they broke in that film. And then Robert Zemeckis, I think Robert Zemeckis then shot the entirety of What Lies Beneath and then finished filming Castaway. Castaway, I think think it was like a six month break or something. Well, when you're that age to lose weight, that much weight and not be really dangerous about it. Of course. I just love as a director, you're like, okay, I'm going to make, I'm all in this headspace and this this movie is my world. Pause and I'm going to shoot an entirely different film and And I'm going to come back back. and shoot some more Castaway. Um, I think is wild is like wild to to get in that headspace um and I saw I did not see this in theaters I think I remember the first time watching this whether maybe it was the first time maybe not but uh in a hotel room with my sister Uh, like I think I don't think we were on vacation because I don't remember it being a particularly schnazzy hotel I think we were just like in a hotel on our way like maybe we were on our way to like some other family members or something I really that I don't remember all I remember is being in a hotel watching watching this with my sister and i, and I remember my dad just not liking this film because he couldn't he, he, was, he just didn't understand it it was just like that's eh, too confusing uh which i it's, feel like it's, I, it's not but it's like there was a consensus of the day um like lawrence apparently apparently like a lot of studio executives like just did not get the script like wow. could not visualize it which I is one thing like now not, one, of course like, now this is very straightforward indeed right i mean i well i don't know I, I mean it's one thing to like to read the script and be like what to see it you're like well duh if you can see the thing guess, you're like I guess. You're, you're you're seeing like the visual exposition that they're giving um you know like on the page i suppose that's true i can I, understand i was sitting there because again remember i couldn't recall what transpired in this film which i'm mm-hmm. sure you're gonna give us a synopsis as you always mm-hmm. do but i was like there was a moment where i was like oh <sighs> AI is the villain. Interesting. And here I thought it was late stage capitalism. Um, but <laughs> can, that also, can it be both? <laughs> well, it, it, what is one without the other? It tells you a lot, too, about where our minds were pre-Y2K versus now, where yeah. it's like, okay, yeah, sure, I guess AI is still a concern for some people, but I think a lot of us are much more like, no, I think there's a lot of other stuff that's going to uh, result in us having to live underground <laughs> sure. before sure. before the robots take over. <laughs> True. But um, yes, so many Hollywood studio execs passed on this project claiming virtual reality sci-fi was bad business. So it was a combo of like some just like not getting it mm. or or I think also just being like, I cannot see how you can make a good version of this movie with visual effects and technology. Because one of the examples, they would cite the failure of previous movies like Johnny Mnemonic starring Keanu Reeves as examples. Uh, of so A real co- redemption story. It really is. Keanu. But I, I get it in terms of like, because A, like these special effects really hold up. There's only the, one bad effect, I which think. Which one? I can't even quite remember what uh, plot wise is happening, but something. And you can't say Keanu Reeves acting. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it is something explodes and there's like green. Is it when the hallway, when the elevator like hits the ground? So the big explosion is like going through the hallway and the door is like weeble wobbling on the explosion. No, I don't think so. It's, it is late in the film. So it's around Hmm. that part. I want to say it's actually when they're up in the room with the agents and Morpheus and there's some explosion that happens that like takes up the whole screen and oh. stuff goes flying and it was something this is a lot of the last half hour of the movie yeah um, I'm re- also yeah, I, I i'll take your word we're for all it good at describing it, but there was all, it was only one effect yeah. where i was like well that's a, that's kind of some poor cgi yeah. because everything else yeah. is like compared that to, looks great compared to a few years later for the sequels when half of keanu oh is just a little cgi doll whipping and whopping and going woohoo 
and flying around. There's just there's so much CGI in those sequels. And it's just like, it just doesn't hold up. And it's like, just why? Why? Because th- this one is so, what you gain is that you, of course, have the wires. You, of course, have special effects. But like, they really do like the bare minimum. Like, so much of it is in camera. I mean, honestly, Keanu toward the end when he's like, I've started to believe. And by that, mm-hmm. I mean Morpheus saying that or whatever. When it's like, he's started, he's to, started believe. to believe. And, and he's like, oh, I can fight with one hand behind my back. Yeah. Like, he's not doing anything. It's just acting. It's just the two actors. One is like working harder and the other's like, I don't have to work hard. And then a little bit of zhuzhing yeah. in the special effects department. But overall, like that's being sold by the actors. We were talking about this when we watched it. Mm-hmm. The, uh, oh, what's the actor's name? The Andrew Blonde that I loved. Uh, yes. Squint? Uh, Switch. Switch. Um, when Switch is like, they're about to pull the plug, and she's mm-hmm. like, not like this. <laughs> not, not like, like this. this. And then her <laughs> eyes roll back in her head, and she slumps over. It's like, nothing happened. That's just good right. acting, baby. Although, you know, even even though those, those sentinels in, like, that are breaking into the ship, like, that CGI looks pretty good. Yeah. For 1999, that, it holds up compared to, like, movies that I see made today. Again, the, the little bug crawling under her skin absolutely no. disgusted me Ooh. yeah uh, so Big good job boy. yeah should we talk about the plot now that we've talked about the plot let's do it <laughs> spoilers ahead if you have not seen the matrix or haven't spoilers seen it in a while behind if you haven't seen <laughs> here the is a brief ish synopsis at an abandoned hotel within a major city a woman trinity is cornered by a police squad but overpowers them with superhuman abilities she flees pursued by a group of mysterious suited agents in an opening sequence that mm. feels just like the opening sequence of Vertigo. <laughs> I turned to you and I was like, this is just like Vertigo. Uh, yes. Uh, and then you were like, well, it is a sci-fi noir. And I was like, good eye. Good J- eye. A sci-fi noir, just like Vertigo. Look. It is very noirish, though. Like, it, it could be, you know, I mean, like the whatever, the man on the run that's like, why are people chasing me? Like, who am I? I'm nobody. Yeah. It's like, there's very, there are Hitchcockian it's lit like a noir, especially like early extent. on. They're like, when it's just right. like her eyes being lit when she's like looking for a uh, line and then like all the, the dark greens, everything's just yeah. like lit like it could be in black and white, you know? Morpheus, I know Kung Fu. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I have nothing to contribute. I just really enjoyed that. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart as Neo. Um, who would it be? Yul Brynner as Morpheus? Yul Brynner. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Uh, she flees, pursued by a group of mysterious suited agents capable of similar superhuman feats. She answers a ringing public telephone and vanishes an instant before the agents crash a truck into the booth. Computer programmer Thomas Anderson, known in the hacking scene by his alias Neo. <laughs> this really did take me back to the less good the hacking hackers. Scene. Oh, of course. All of this stuff with all their hacking names oh, and everything. Boy. I was like, oh, uh, see, look, hackers. All you had to do was put like a <laughs> bunch of letters on a screen and we understand its code. You didn't have to like fully animate things and say that's the oh, internet. Oh, man, when they go inside the internet in Hackers and Johnny B. Miller. <laughs> what is it, like a bunch of like bunnies the, bopping around? The lane Fisher Stevens oh, yeah, are like yeah, yeah. fighting each other within the computer. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, this is like the best because there were a couple of these like cyber thrillers. You had like the net, the net and hackers and you had stuff like the lawnmower man, which is another one where they like go. It's Pierce Brosnan. They go I like did not know this into the computer. It's like, into a VR and it's just like awful, awful like 90s CGI's. They're like little CGI monsters. Uh, and this is better where you're like, no, no, no. It's uh, inside the computer is our real world. So we could just be. We as just, we are that's that's just called problem solving baby. they just re- just remove the blue and now you're in a computer and then you bring back the blue and now you're in the real world it was mm. like that's your your lighting um 
So, oh, Neo, Neo, oh, the hacking scene by alias Neo (laughs) is contacted by Trinity and told that a man named Morpheus has the answers he seeks. A team of agents and police led by Agent Smith arrives at Neo's workplace searching for him. Despite Morpheus's attempt to guide Neo to safety via telephone, Neo is captured and bugged by the agents. Setting up a fear of heights that will pay off later in the story. And a fear of belly button bugs that will pay off for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Neo later has the bug removed and meets Morpheus who offers him a choice between two pills red to reveal the truth about the matrix and blue to return him to his former life after Neo swallows the red pill his reality falls apart and he awakens in a liquid filled pod among countless others attached to an elaborate electrical system it looks unpleasant he is retrieved after a water slide claw game combo oh at that point last night we were watching wasn't I like this would make a great event, like, uh, like a amusement, ride, amusement park, park ride. ride. Yeah, I just love the idea of, like, going to a Matrix amusement park, but you, you it, the only thing that's, amus- is like, that's, like, the movie, or just having a Matrix ride, in a, uh, like, a Six Flags, yeah. is, but the only thing is that the ride is just a water slide and then a big claw game. It's just, it's just that moment of the movie. It's none oh, of the right. fun action. I forgot about the claw. <laughs> It's like, I want something. I got me a oh, Neo. I want a Neo. I want a Neo pet. <laughs> <laughs> He's retrieved and brought aboard Morpheus's hovercraft, the Nebuchadnezzar. As Neo recuperates, Morpheus explains that in the early 21st century, there was a war between humans and intelligent machines. The humans last, and the machines have been harvesting humans' bioelectric power, keeping them pacified in the Matrix, a shared simulated reality modeled after the world as it existed at the end of the 20th century. Which isn't the first time watching it, as I said to you, that I was like, when did the Matrix start? Mm-hmm. So, like, it's now 1999. Like, is it always 1999? Are we, like, in a suspended 1999? Right. Or did this start in the too. 70s and now it's been, like, 20-something years? Um, like, uh, why I have not? a feeling the rise of the machines mm-hmm. began mm-hmm. And, and, like, the wars and stuff that resulted in, like, the cooling of the earth. Cooling, we wish, um, <laughs> would... Um, would have been around the turn of the century. And so the machines don't have maybe the imagination to imagine how society would have progressed. So they just kind of always leave it around the time. And then they just, yeah, I don't know if they like keep the clock moving in Is such a way. Is the clock moving forward? Is the clock frozen? Because I'm like, you know, why any time with technology? Because they could be whenever then still be like their brains are working whatever like why not Oregon Trail there's no computers there there's no chance no phones no a lot harder to like get an uprising uh if you're that's dying true, of that's true. dysentery that's and rattlesnake true. bites and it's too expensive to like go to the doctor or ford the river you know <laughs> gosh Exactly. Just got all these like little gold miners just running around. Make like... them all think they're Amish. Exactly. You know, and then you don't have these problems. Ooh, Amish Matrix. It's a lot <laughs> less action heavy. Um, Morpheus and his crew are a group of rebels who hack into the Matrix to unplug enslaved humans and recruit them. Their understanding of the Matrix's simulated nature enables them to bend and sometimes break its physical laws. But Morpheus warns Neo that death within the Matrix kills the physical body and the agents he met are powerful sentient computer programs that eliminate threats to the system while machines called sentinels destroy rebels in the real world neil's prowess during virtual combat training lends credibility to morpheus's belief that neo is the one an especially powerful human prophesized to free humanity and end the war 
The group enters the Matrix to visit the Oracle, the prophet who predicted the emergence of the One. She suggests to Neo that he is not the One, and warns that he will have to choose between Morpheus's life and his own. The group is ambushed by agents and tactical police tipped by Cypher, a disgruntled crew member who betrays Morpheus. An aptly named disgruntled, <laughs> an almost too aptly <sighs> named disgruntled dude. Yeah, that's somewhere in like the top 20 of like over, like overt oh, no, villain names. Names. Yes, I was just thinking of names. I, for whatever reason, what came to mind was uh, Jean Claude Van Damme and uh, is the villain in Expendables Two, and his name is Villain. Oh brother! <laughs> I mean, Cipher's look, a little better than Villain. Uh, I like something a little on the nose for amusement's sake, but that's it's too far, baby. It's a, li- it's a little too far, baby. Uh, Cipher, a disgruntled crew member who betrays Morpheus in exchange for a comfortable life in the Matrix. Morpheus allows himself to be captured so the rest of the crew can escape. Cipher exits the Matrix first and murders several crew members as they lie defenseless in the real world. I was yelling at the screen. <laughs> you were not pleased. I was like, no, I liked him. Again, I remembered nothing. And I was like, no! Oh, Tank, Tank and Dozer, you Tank were sad. I was like, no, the, the two brothers, brothers that like are that run like, things on the outside. Born. Yeah, but I don't think the one gets Dozer gets killed. But oh Tank my gosh, is still well, alive. I was relieved to find at least Tank came back, you know, because like... Believe it or not, you son of a bitch, you're still gonna burn! <laughs> uh, just that random electro gun they've got. It was very Goldeneye video game. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Again, I liked uh, I liked a weapon where I didn't have to re up my ammunition <sighs> because I'm not good at video games. Uh-huh. So the laser gun was always my favorite. Oh, of course, that laser gun or just slaps, slaps only, <laughs> just slapping each other, <laughs> silly. Uh- <laughs> I only like to play Goldeneye. Like, I just didn't like the pressure of, like, I got to try to find you and shoot you. So I would force my cousins to, because I didn't didn't have Nintendo. So my cousins had Nintendo. So that was the only time I played Goldeneye when we were visiting my cousins. And I'd be like, no, how I'm going to play is, like, you will be on the top floor and I will stay on the first floor and you got to try to get me. And I would just run around and they would try to shoot me. And that's how I enjoyed playing Goldeneye. Ah! Uh, (laughs) And then we play Smash Brothers and I'd be like, okay, this I can, like, actually fight and enjoy more. The only video game I was actually good at was Mario Party. Because it was just like, throw yourself into this stupid game for 30 seconds and then it's done. Love it. Mario Party's great. The world you think you know is really Mario Party. I mean, I wouldn't be sad. If really I was living in Mario Party, I think life would be a little happier. Mr. Mario. (laughs) It's a me, Neo. (laughs) So, uh, Waluigi a cipher? Oh, yeah. Or maybe Toadstool. I feel like he's like, that little Toadstool's had enough. Yes! And now I'm, of course, picturing <laughs> Princess Peach's Trinity, and it does not compute. Um, <laughs> no, not that. Try- but now I'm trying to picture Princess Peach in Trinity's getup, and I'm like, why don't we have that Mario? Oh, you know there's some uh, deviant art oh, where someone has oh, Princess Peach in full percent. leather getup. <laughs> but why have we not seen it on our Nintendo screens? Um, I think it would awaken things in in children <laughs> that they don't want to awaken. Um, so before Cypher can kill Neo, he is killed by Tank, a crewman whom he only wounded. The agents interrogate Morpheus and Neo resolves to return to the Matrix to rescue him, with Trinity insisting she accompany him. While rescuing Morpheus, Neo gains confidence in his abilities, performing feats comparable to the agents. Morpheus and Trinity exit the Matrix, but Smith ambushes and kills Neo before he can leave. Uh-oh. As a group of sentinels attack the Nebuchadnezzar, 
Trinity whispers to Neo that he can't be dead because she loves him, and the Oracle told her she would fall in love with the one. She kisses Neo, and the power of her kiss brings him back to life. Okay, okay, we gotta yeah. hold, please. Okay. I fully, in this moment, started singing Enchanted to you. Because <laughs> I was just like, wait a minute, are you kidding me? Because he's dead. This guy is dead. He's got the beep, you know, he's flatlined. And they're like, Mr. Anderson, take a bite of this delicious, red, shiny (laughs) apple. Apple, in quotation marks. the computer. Apple. Take a bite of this very rare steak, Mr. Anderson. Um, And so she's just like, you can't be dead, you see. And then she kisses him, and I just went like, true love's kiss. (laughs) And then he wakes up. And I was like, really? That's it? We're fully going, like, Snow White in this place? Yeah, well, I was like, it's like, it reminded me of the fifth element, which is like two years before, because that's the whole thing is like, oh, the fifth element is love. And, no, and, I, and that's how they save the universe. Is again, all I've seen of the fifth element out. is the opera scene. Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, maybe it's not great, but uh, <laughs> 10-year-old Jeff thought it was the coolest movie ever made. Um, all right, we're almost done here. Neo wakes up, uh, effortlessly defeats Agent Smith, and leaves the Matrix just in time for the ship's electromagnetic pulse to disable the Sentinels. I love that one shot where Neo, like, after he... Is it after he blows up Agent Smith? I think it's after he, like, he jumps into Agent Smith, like, right into his belly. It's like, how do you like that? Someone jumping into your belly button, guy. It was very... It was Um, very ghost. It was very whoopee. It was very... It was. It was. Um, But then he, like, comes back out, and it's like the whole hallway around him, like, flexes out... As he's flexing his arms, and it, but it really it looks it makes it look like I'm gonna flex, and this whole building is gonna shake whoa, whoa. from how strong that I am. might have been the effect I was talking about, where oh. where Agent Smith explodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you know what? Because he's all green on the inside. Yes, that is a hundred percent what yeah. it was. It was like yeah. the green bits, and I was like, I've seen better. <laughs> In this movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, later, Neo makes a telephone call inside the Matrix, promising the machines that he will show their prisoners a world where anything is possible. He hangs up and flies into the sky, which is such a great moment at the end of this movie. But like, then for your sequels, it's like, well, he can fly. He can do anything. He's like invincible. So it's like with the sequels, it's like, Why where are, are the stakes? Where what is, like, are we doing? Exactly. Whereas there were stakes in both spellings of the word uh-huh. galore. Cypher just eating that delicious red steak. Just mm, I know. Yum, yum, yum. ignorance is bliss. Uh, so the casting directors of The Matrix were Molly Finn and Shauna Wolfson. Finn, an Emmy winner for her work casting the HBO miniseries 61, has also cast such films as The Untouchables, L.A. Confidential, and Titanic. And Wolfson has cast Dark City and the long-running Australian soap opera Home and Away. As we said, the Matrix mm. was mainly shot in Sydney, Australia. So I think so she, she was, was like boots on the, the ground. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So legendary Hong Kong stunt coordinator uh, Yoon Wuping initially refused to work on the film. The Wachowskis were like, "We need this person because of the wire, all, like, the work. wire work, famous in uh, in the action films and action cinema of Hong Kong that we really hadn't seen here." Uh, in in Hollywood at this point, for the most part. Um, So he didn't want to do it. So even after receiving the script, which he liked, he hoped that by asking for an exorbitant fee, it would turn off the Wachowskis. It didn't. So he next formulated what he considered an impossible request. He said that he'd agree only if he had complete control of the fights and that he trained the actors for four months before they shot. And the Wachowskis were like, 
Okay. Sounds good. I know. Um, Because I, like, looked up and, like, filming began in March 1998 and wrapped in August 1998. 118 days of shooting, not including four months of training. So that's nine months of your life uh, working on this film, which, you know, there's been longer, Lord of the Rings. But it's still, like, that's a big chunk of change, which is why we'll get into it. A lot of actors turned it down because it was just so much time to be away. Yeah, but I like... Man, does it pay off? Because you, it's so clearly Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne yeah. doing that extended scene. That's you know? your special. That's your biggest special effect. Is like how good these actors are at the fighting. Well, yeah, I was thinking when you know, I've always one of the things I remember most about the Matrix mm-hmm. is like the training programs that like Tank is like, yeah, I'm gonna run all these. You know, I know kung fu, like that whole thing, <laughs> right? And I remember when it happened, and even now because the perfectionism is hard to let go of. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> man. How, just, how easy gosh i could learn french like that you know run the french protocol run french French, french program right yeah right. or and i was like i'd love to know kung fu baby <laughs> you know and run and, balance checkbook program <laughs> run wow. run doing my taxes read program. <laughs> me to elf jeff no this i just is... mean i just mean all the things that like you know that they didn't bother to teach us in school that would have sure been nice to been like okay why did i how... take an economics class to understand the principles of how money worked if not learn how to balance a checkbook which granted now was a little less important but I, know, I know when i was in high school it would have been a useful sure, thing sure. anywho mm-hmm. um yeah i mean like so you know we're watching it and i'm thinking like the irony is Neo learns this in seconds, mm-hmm. but Keanu. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Had, like I was like, Four but the of... amount that these actors had to train to make it look like, yeah, I know this. Uh, just to look effortless. NBD, baby. Um. Also, along with all this fight training, the cast was required to be able to understand and explain the Matrix. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I know that like sounds maybe a little crazy for someone who isn't an actor, but like that does make sense to me if you're gonna have people who are like actively being like i'm a revolutionary because and especially then if you're gonna have to go out and do press about this film i totally understand that yeah opposed to like i feel like you very often will see actors certain actors that will be like like i don't know like i don't don't know what any of this means i'm russell crowe i don't got time for this i'm tending my winery i got a mouthful of pancakes that's sam neill with the winery i'm pretty sure russell crowe's got his own but well he's got a band he's got his winery as well he's got oh right he's got his band he's too busy he's got a band and assault charges baby (laughs) um but yeah so uh french philosopher jean baudrillard's simulacra and simulacra Simulation? Flawless. Exactly. There you is, could have used a French program. I really could have. But there's that reference to it in the beginning of the film when um that young that guy that looks like a young John Malkovich is like pay pays him for money and he's like, oh, let me get it for you. And he has that book that he he Oh, he, that's like, the book keeping, that he flips open where he keeps all his all stuff. It's all hollowed out. That his, 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 little, Shawshank his real Shawshank situation. Bible yeah, yeah, that he's yeah. got. Yeah, that's where he keeps his rock hammer, his rock <laughs> hammer and all of his like codes. My like um, my floppy right. discs. Uh, so was that was required reading for most of the principal cast and crew. Keanu Reeves stated that the Wachowskis had him read Simulacron Simulation, Kevin Kelly's Out of Control, The New Biology of Machines, Social Systems, and the Economic World, and Dylan Evans' Ideas on Evolutionary Psychology before they allowed him to open up the script. So it was a lot of prep for this film. But once again, I think like really pays off. Yes, that it's not just throwing him in. We're going to fire some guns and bang, bang, bang. Neo Here's some ideas. Neo is not someone who's plucked out of nowhere. It's not Cary Grant in North by Northwest where it's like, wait, what? What happened and why do you think I'm this guy? Oh, I guy? see. I see. Yes. He is someone who has been clearly on the dark web. He's a hacker. He's been seeking Morpheus. He's in the hacking scene. Yes, he's been he's seeking in, Morpheus for years, say, they said. The hacking scene. And <laughs> the so, hacking like, scene. 
he he's someone who would have definitely have a a base no. knowledge of all this kind of stuff. So even though he's going in and he's still like our audience, you know, surrogate. Exactly. Yeah. He's still like, wait, what? But it's, he's got a much deeper knowledge base than a lot of people who have that role in most like sci-fi movies. Totally. Totally. Um, and since we're speaking about him, let's, uh, let's get into it. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. Uh, and as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance and Amy Joe is going to hear it along with you, listener, for the very first time. Ooh. So let's start with Thomas Anderson, a.k.a., and as, as he's known in the hacking scene, Neo. Uh, <laughs> Amy, your thoughts on Keanu Reeves, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, so here is another fun and humbling <laughs> example of, like, high school me versus uh-huh. contemporary me, baby, um, <sighs> which is to say that in high school, I was a, uh, a snob, a deep, deep snob. Um, and I remember saying Keanu is good in this movie, but I remember saying in high school, like the reason he's good in this movie is because he's overwhelmed by everything and doesn't have a lot of lines and just is like, whoa, to everything. Watching this in my dotage, um, (laughs) which is to say yesterday, um, and, and looking at him now, I have so much more respect for what he's doing. Yeah. And like... Just because he's not speaking doesn't mean he's not acting. (laughs) Right. You know, also as someone who is a theatrical actor and has less experience on film, like, I really respect and admire people who um, can act bewilderment on camera without it being like, you know what I mean? Which, like, honestly, like, thinking about Patrick Swayze, I don't think he's that successful in his non-speaking bits and ghosts. Mm, Like, when he's a ghost, because he's just like... His face is doing a lot, as does right. mine. I get it. Keanu's like, face is never doing a lot. No, but his eyes are. Yeah. And and I definitely, watching it last night, I was like, I think he's so much better than I ever gave him credit for, partially mm. because I was a huge fan of that Much Ado About Nothing, the, the Brana. <laughs> yes. And he is legitimately terrible in that. Yes. Like, and I let that color everything well, else. Of course, of because course. Because I was just like, you, you know, as they say, you? if you if you judge a fish for its ability to climb a tree, you're always going to think that fish is stupid. And Keanu just shouldn't he shouldn't do Shakespeare. No. He shouldn't do accents. I'm looking at you, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm looking at you, Devil's Advocate. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. But but in this, I think he's actually like very endearing. Like, yeah, I totally buy and accept him in this role and i'm on his side and he's really so good in the action sequences and i mean I'm, that physicality. I'm kind of like how dare you younger <laughs> jackson pass such judgment just because he's not like a great master of text right there are other things to be good at that Young Jackson well, you know, and the, old Jackson, you're terrible at. I, I mean, that scene where he gets the belly button bug, where his he's, his mouth oh is getting closed gosh. over. He's like, he really sells the, like the visceral horror of that in a way that I imagine could be kind of hard on set, where you're like, okay, now just pretend that your mouth is gumming up, and mm-hmm, uh, we're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna you're just gonna imagine because it's all CGI, so you're gonna imagine a bug is crawling into your belly button, and he like. Really makes that scene tough to watch because he's selling how the, the body horror awful that of it. Is. Yeah, yeah, it's totally. it's you know what it makes me think of is, is and this is obviously a very different mm-hmm. level of sophistication of the same thing, but like Bob Hoskins and Who Framed Roger Rabbit acting opposite yeah. nothing, no, which I know like everyone in Lord of the Rings did, everyone does now, but when you have like a major set piece like the one you've just described, and it's like he's just 
Mr. Rabbit. Mr. <laughs> He's just acting. My name is Roger. <laughs> please, me please, please, Agent Smith. Please. Oh, man. I will admit for this whole movie, I yep. don't have a ton of other options because number one. Sure. It's really well done, and I yeah. have a hard time envisioning a lot of other people in it. Well, but well also, we've established uh, Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> the cast. Perfect. Um, other than Jim Stu, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are other people I'm like sure. Well, that, well like, how about I do? How about uh, instead I, I give you the finger, and uh, you give me my, fo- my my phone call. Give me my phone call. <laughs> um, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> I I did think like you know a younger. Tom Hardy, like just just thinking of someone who is sure, like yeah. there, there's I, I don't know it's an, a similar thing to some of the other things that we've talked about in other weeks and other yeah. films where I've been like I can see a lot of other people doing this successfully right um to the point where it almost makes it like uh, but also like I think Keanu does such a good job and totally. I underestimated him and I'm kind of like fine just being like. Great. Great. I'm interested to hear who turned this down. Oh, I'm excited to tell you. But first, real quick. So prior to the pre-production of the film, Keanu Reeves suffered a two-level fusion of his cervical spine, which had begun to cause paralysis in his legs, requiring him to undergo neck surgery. He was still recovering by the time pre-production started, but he insisted on training. And then he did this movie? Yeah. So so Yoon Wu-Ping let him practice punches and lighter moves because he just couldn't move. So he'd just stay still on his legs. And oh just be gosh. punching and doing letters. I stopped taking um, karate because I had <laughs> aches in my ankle, which were bigger than I'm making it sound. But like, I was like, I have to stop being a white belt now. This hurts too much. Um, but Reeves requested training even on his days off. Uh, however, the surgery still made him unable to kick for two of the four months of training. Oh. As a result, Reeves did not kick much in the film, which thinking of that watching as like his first big fight is with, with Lawrence Fishburne in the dojo. And like one of the first things he does is like four kicks in a row. And I'm like, he's still doing so many kicks. Well, what what do we say at the very end when he's like destroyed Agent Smith and his like leg? Oh, he does that amazing like, flex where he yeah. like... You went, what a flex. Literally. Literally. Yeah, he's got like his leg like up near his head. Like it's very impressive. You see this? You see this? Okay, I'll put it away. (laughs) Um, And so due to his neck injury, some of the action scenes had to be rescheduled to wait for his full recovery. So the filming started with scenes that didn't require much physical exertion, including the scenes in his office, the interrogation room Mm -hmm. with the belly button bug, uh, or and the car ride in where he's taken to see the Oracle. Like anything they could do where he did not have to move too much. Um, All right, so so let's get into the actors that were considered right Tell me, off lay the it bat. On me. The Wachowskis offered it to Will Smith, who turned it down. Interesting. Because he just didn't get it. Now, now the only portion of the film that the Wachowskis pitched to him was the frozen in midair jump kick scene. Like it was pretty much pushing the special effects. Sure. Which for, you know, they'd done Bound in 96. You um, just rewatched that. I did. It's so good. I, I didn't see it in so long, Um, which is like their a good stepping stone because I I've heard mixed things. I've heard like from Joel Silver who produced it, that they kind of had to do bound to prove that they knew their way around a film set. Cause mm. they, they were writers. They'd written uh, a couple screenplays that they'd sold, um, but they hadn't directed anything. So like some, according to the Wachowskis, they're like, no, it's bullshit. We just wanted to ha- work on a smaller project first and then do the matrix. Cause they've been like trying to get the matrix made since the early nineties. It probably didn't hurt to have a piece of work though. That was like, absolutely. BT dubs. This is what we can do. Which is like, you see all that noir influence in the matrix mm. is like, so through it, like ingrained in the DNA of bound. Like it's very, it's so cool to go back and watch that where you can see, 
the threads that would immediately lead into the matrix as their next film um but they were still like newer filmmakers uh and they were yeah they pitched mainly just like i guess the shot of trinity jumping in the air frozen as the camera moves around um and he just didn't get it and this made smith skeptical and he chose to star in wild wild west well, we all make choices. We do. He he did. He later admitted, he said that at the time he was not mature enough as an actor and that if given the role, he would have messed it up. And he said he had no regrets as Keanu, who was brilliant as Neo. Oh, that's nice. I, I do think, like, Will Smith would have been really fun in this. But I, but I also totally get, like, you need someone who's willing to read three philosophy books before you can work on the script. No. And, and maybe Will Smith is like... This is not, you know, for me right now. Right. It's, such, it's such a different energy imagining Will oh, Smith totally. as Neo. I well, mean, Will Smith is like someone who is just much a much more forward, like yeah. front footed energy. And Keanu is much more of a like, I mean, this is a terrible way of describing it. But like more of like Will Smith has much more of that like New York, like I'll come to you kind of energy. And Keanu is much more California, much more like, all right, yeah. well, like what if you came to me? I mean, the year before I was 98 was uh, men in black, which is very, I mean, I forget uh, if it was New York or Chicago, but it's very, Will Smith is just like, you know, I'm the motor mouth. Like I'm like the guy on the exactly, street. I've yeah. got like the street smarts and, um, he would have been better at Cypher, honestly. Will you know? Smith? Don't you think? I don't know. Will Smith. See, Will, the only, I've only seen Will Smith play villain once where he played the devil in this movie, Winter's Tale, and he is so bad in it. Aww. I just, Will Smith is not someone I ever am like as a villain. Um, I, I think if most people didn't approach things as though they were villains, they'd be far more successful. Sure. I agree with that. I have trouble seeing Will Smith. As Cypher That's is how fair. I'll put it. I as like this, like try to weaselly grunt. Well, he wouldn't be weaselly <laughs> if Will Smith played I, it. Wait, you're you're saying that? Uh, it, so you're saying that if we swapped roles and Joe Pantoliano was uh, starring in Men in Black, that he would still be a bit weaselly? <laughs> I'm saying that Men in Black would be a very different <laughs> film starring Joey Pants. Joey Pant. Well, then it hey, becomes. Hey, Tommy Lee Jones. What is this? Then wait for we're me. Talking. Wait yes. for me. Much more like if Al Pacino was like, you know what I want to do? <laughs> um, I, I could see this person. Hugh McGregor had to turn it down as he was busy shooting Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, Hugh McGregor is someone who I like, but I am always wary of when he's doing an American accent in a film. Yeah, um, he does better doing like a British accent. Well, he certainly does. You know, uh, yes, his even British though or is Scottish. Well, uh, by British, I mean, of course, Scottish is under the British umbrella. But I mean, he's better doing like an RP than he Absolutely. is doing an American accent. Of course, I, I agree. He he was also in 1999. He was doing this movie, <laughs> Eye of the Beholder, where he plays a detective who becomes obsessed with Ashley Judd's serial killer, who... Ashley Judd kills men and then cries, Merry Christmas, Daddy, over their corpses. What? Have I never heard of this? I must watch um, this immediately. I think you never heard of it because it's supposed to be garbage. And that's the kind of garbage I want Daddy. to just like, eat right up. Um, also, Ewan McGregor is someone I think of as being... Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. One of the things I've responded to Keanu watching this now was that he's much more sensitive and open than yeah. I thought he was because I was mm. again much more I'm I'm a much more text driven yeah. actor and so that's what I was looking for. But like looking at his eyes, I'm like, no no no. He's like very present. Ewan McGregor is uh, someone who I associate as being much more explicitly 
open and like emotional and kind of like and tapped into all of that in a way that feels more overt in a way that I don't think not that he can't act that the something else which of course he can sure sure I just think like Keanu's already got a more like reserved front up that worked well for somebody who's sitting behind a computer all day which is it meant something different in 99 than it does in 2020 uh the next person considered was mark Wahlberg. up for now mm, i'm gonna go with a no <laughs> no it's gonna be a no for me dog um but i, I could I, see him a, more yeah. as cypher than will smith anyway yes uh there's a there's absolutely roles for him in this movie but none of them are neo no no no, no, no. he'd be a very different cypher but i can absolutely see it i, I can sick, see him bro i know kung fu no no <laughs> i sorry morpheus i was listening to you i was looking at this foxy lady in the red dress yeah that's the thing i can see him as being like i'm so tired of just fooling around with this fake red dress chick <laughs> yeah he's taking Get up me mouse, back in. he's taking mouse's offer up he's taking up mouse's offer oh, to go meet the red times it's like whoa bro you can hook me up with red dress lady i think she's real hot guy good job <laughs> But you know what? I want to get back into the Matrix so there's more than just one red dress chick. What if I want a brunette? Yeah, Mouse. What do you got to do to copy paste this lady? <laughs> <laughs> How do I get a ginger up in here? Hear me out, bro. A blonde, a brunette, a redhead, three Wahlburgers for them all. Come on. <laughs> um, he, instead, in 1999, was doing uh, Three Kings with George Clooney, which is a much better use People saw that. Uh, they they did. I was to an not extent. one of those people. No, but he. It's a good movie. But it, more to the point, he is. It's a good use of him. Of he is not the lead. I he don't is think not he's terrible. But I think film. he's very specific in his appropriate uh, usage. I one hundred. This agree. is one of those instances where it would not have been an appropriate no. use of Mark Wahlberg. Right, 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 right. The Departed is like peak perfection of using mark Wahlberg. exactly but the matrix is not (laughs) a boston film no 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 no. can you imagine if like it's all bostonians (laughs) it's the nebuchadnezzar bro yes sure you want decaf or regular um sorry we only got goop leonardo dicaprio turned it down because he was concerned at the level of special effects having just come off of titanic Mm -hmm. which i get that was a long shoot as well and be like i don't want to do another super long shoot especially when it's it's this virtual reality, quote unquote, like special effects driven film, which, which is was like, very different than anything he'd done. Right. Well, or well very, really anything very different he has from, ever done. True. And very different from anything anyone had really been doing to success. Totally. Um, as I said, Johnny Mnemonic, big old box office bomb. I think, um, again, Keanu is just a more. Uh, and look, I think overall, like, can we agree that Leonardo DiCaprio is probably a deeper and more versatile actor than Keanu Reeves? Right. Yes, absolutely. But if you want someone who's going to be like. I'm going to come in and kick ass. <laughs> yeah, DiCaprio was never an action star in that way. Like, even in, totally. like, an Inception, he's firing a gun, he's running around, but, I don't but it's think not of Inception the as same. an action film. Sure. It's a high concept film, and he's not doing all the action stuff. The action stuff is more happening around. Right. Um... He would have he would have totally pulled it off and I think right. probably been good, but I, I think Keanu this was like a perfect use of Keanu. I one hundred percent agree. And I it's less comparing to Keanu for me and more just like because Keanu is one of the last people so many people turn this down. He's like one sure. of the last people considered. Um so just uh, that it very easily could have been a world where it's like 
we would be here chatting about like, okay, but imagine Keanu Reeves. Like, I think actually this would be a good use of him if he had been cast. <laughs> um, you know, it's that, that's the name of the game. It's I mean, like, almost Leo, starring. Leo does yeah. a beautiful job of acting with his eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so like he, especially young, hunky Leo, like this, this probably would have been like a delightful um usage but you yeah. know i'm 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 interested we got plenty of other leo of course of course i'd be interested i'd be far less interested in this i have no idea no idea kevin costner was considered no, no i don't even no, understand i don't understand he's so old that really makes the point. line about like oh some minds you know if you get them out of the matrix and they're just too old to accept it it's like well yes <laughs> kevin costner a hundred percent like if anything i could see him as agent smith and even then oh, yeah. i still don't want that but that's the only thing i could even remotely see him doing in this yeah, film no thanks. not even morpheus it's like no it's just like nah, weird nah. choice no, uh, no uh, like i would rather see him as neo than morpheus well, sure. like Sure, I don't want sure. him giving me 20 minutes of backstory. No, thanks. No. Let me explain the Matrix to you uh, using, well, I don't know, let's say baseball as a metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Cruise was considered, of course. Sure. Uh, which, sure. Um, I mean, I could see it. It's, sure, it's, sure. You know, but we've seen it. Well, of course. We, and we'll see it again. But know. he is someone that, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, I'll do four months of uh training i'm gonna oh, yeah i mean he spent like because i just rewatched that last mission impossible movie he trained for a year for this halo jump for this high altitude low oxygen jump uh where you have like a little helmet to give you oxygen because you're so high up and they did like because they're like oh you know what this shoot this uh this should take place uh at sunset at like dusk so they had they could only film it like do one jump a day uh, just, just insanity, but of, like of how much he I just trained. rolled my eyes, listener. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I, I will say it pays off in those Mission Impossible sure, movies. Look, we're recording this mm-hmm. at altitude. We're at 10,000 feet right now, which is double the height of Denver. And that's no joke. Like, I can see you needing to train for a long time to do a high altitude jump, but also, um... I mean, that's the draw of those films is that he is actually doing all these stunts and that they're, they, I mean, look with the Matrix is like that these actors are you're doing right. the fighting. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. A post to Matrix Reloaded when Keanu Reeves is the one moment where, hey, he's fighting 100 is versions. Is this the first sequel? Yes. Okay, it's it's the only that. one I've seen. I, it's, there, well, there's the big fight where there's 100 Hugo Weavings and he's fighting that them all. That I remember. And he's spinning around like a little top and he's such a cartoon. He looks so fake and all these Hugo Weavings look fake and he knocks them all over and they literally have they make the sound of bowling pins getting knocked over and it's like literally it's Looney Tunes um, and it's just like so I just don't care I don't care I'm you know whatever going back to Jurassic Park or having actual animatronics or like there in, in place you've had me watch some YouTube channel that breaks down special visual effects yes, yes, and there, crew. there's Quarter some crew. so cool yeah there's some Bollywood film yeah. that you showed me where where the one actor who's like the Indian Terminator is like yes, a, basically yes, like yes, one yes. wrecking ball right but all, it's like hundreds of him hundreds of these of, of this this but guy all so become good. a big wrecking ball yes because they you know you take the time to like do your special effects right opposed to just have like a big CGI where the I whole thing is, is fake um, and you know what? We can tell because we've seen the Matrix. So we know to look for when we're like, this isn't real. This is all fake Matrix. Was it uh, the same cat? Oh, I don't know. Could have been. I don't know. Well, seen two cats. Uh, so there you go. Every time you've seen Deja Vu, which is fun. That's what a fun little oh, it's piece such to be a like, good to explain. To, such to good world building. It. Something that like legitimately happens to all of us. Yeah. And being like, oh no, this, it's because of this. And you're like, Absolutely. oh no, am I in the Truman Show? Yeah. 
um, David Duchovny was considered, but he was busy with season seven of the X-Files sure, and the X-Files movie. That was like... Oh my gosh, the X-Files like... movie, which I did see in theaters because, again, oh. I dated uh, a man in high school. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget, uh, the first scene takes place in Dallas. And oh. I was like, oh, of course, the famous Dallas Mountains. <laughs> <laughs> and now, listener, you may not have been to North Texas. It's flat as a pancake. There are no Dallas Mountains. And yet uh. they set this scene in Dallas and there are mountains visible. And I was like, X-Files movie, I can't forgive you for that. No. It's, it's, I feel like it's a similar with you, McGregor, that you're just like, oh, you're just like a thin brown haired guy that's like known for sci-fi films. I can't imagine him fighting as well as Keanu does. Well, sure. But for, I mean, four months, I, 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 Keanu Reeves, I knew did action movies, but Carrie Moss hadn't. Hugo Weaving, Lawrence I know, Fishburne. but look, here's the thing. People can train and that doesn't mean they will still really put their shoulder behind the thing and execute it well. True. But I have a feeling that within those four months, it was pretty much like you would have dropped out. You would have been like, you know what, I, I can't sure. do this. Or like, yeah, you're not going to be like, okay, well, we've spent four months and he's just like dragging his feet and doesn't want to be here. It's like, what, what are we talking about? You know? Sure. Yeah. Uh, oh, wait a sec. That's how I mean. It is time to play a quick round of two truths and some guy. I'm going to lose. We'll see. The way it works. Two of the following actors were up for the role of Neo and one was not. And Amy Joe has to guess which is which. Your options are mm-hmm. Matthew McConaughey. Always. John Cusack. And Nicolas Cage. Now, <laughs> earlier when I was trying to look up just anyone, mm-hmm. anyone else other than Keanu Reeves. You kept coming back to Nick Cage? No, I looked up who else was born in 64. Oh. I was like, who else was like the exact same okay. age? Who's the same? Was it John Cusack? Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage is the same age as Keanu? Can you believe Ooh. that? Does wow. he seem like a conservatively eight years older? Of course he does. Um, well, I mean, no, they're Nick the Cage, same age. Nick Cage and Moonstruck, you're like, you're not 40, you're 24. But I think of Nick Cage and Moonstruck and yeah, and you think of like Keanu and Dangerous Liaisons, which is around the same time. Yeah. And Keanu's like, I could be 12. And right. Nick Cage is like, I'm young, but also my face looks like I've been around for a century. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, wow, okay, wow, wow, wow. You've really designed this to <laughs> stump and anger me. Well, when I already knew we had two of your least faves, I was like, let's add one more. But which was which? Okay, is so the we've got problem. Nicolas Cage, same age, same age, Nicolas Cage. We've got <laughs> John Cusack. <laughs> we've got Matthew McConaughey. That's a face I want to punch. Again, I love actors, but some people... All right, all right, all right. Living in a computer world. I wish I could take a picture of what my soul feels like hearing that. Let me think. Okay. All right, Matt. Hey, Mouse, can you, can you get me and Mark Wahlberg some one-on-one time, some, some time without red, red girl in the red dress? It's just a buddy pick. Like Mark Wahlberg is Morpheus and then the two oh of them God, go off. Mark and have, Wahlberg is Morpheus. The two of them go off and have the war it's the worst movie of bro, all. Oh, you think that's air you're breathing? That that ain't air, that's Boston Smog, bro. What's Boston Smog? I'm from Texas. I, I here's the deal. I don't know, and I need to do research because you're just gonna keep bringing this up until I keep, keep bringing what up. Uh, Matthew McConaughey ah. until I know enough to know better and that is to say I don't know when he really emerged 
when we uh, unfortunately had the birth yeah. of... Um, well, I'll say, I think one of his biggest th- early things was A Time to Kill, which I think is 96. Don't tell me that. He's been around that long? Well, I mean, his his first big, big thing was Dazed and Confused, the Linklater film from like 93, which is his, his iconic quote that shaped the rest of his career, which was... Um, something along the lines I'm paraphrasing was like that's the thing I love about high school girls I keep getting older they keep staying the same age alright 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 I've heard that quote <laughs> I didn't realize it was spoken by the atrocity oh, that is Matthew McConaughey with, looking the worst he's ever looked with a big dirt stash and like greasy hair he looks atroche in that film my upper lip is lifted <laughs> so high the point being he'd been around so he could have potentially been in the Matrix but oh! Okay, I'm gonna. I'm still gonna go with McConaughey. You are correct. McConaughey oh, was not work, work, up work, for work, the Matrix, work, work. but John Cusack and Nick Cage were. John Cusack, I I get John Cusack, but it's once That's again the one that I was like that he was obviously up for it. Yeah, although you know, apparently, like I forget the film. It might have been Say Anything. It was one of the ones around there, but I don't even remember. I guess it might be part of the movie, but like he's apparently big into. I want to say kickboxing. Like he's actually mm. like he's kept up with that for a decade. So he's in some, I I think, Chinese film with Adrian Brody where they're in it for like, yeah, they're in it for like, it's like the Great Wall of Matt Damon where it's like they're in it. So they've got like American names. And but he's like, I, oh, and Jackie Chan. It's like Jackie Chan. It's like Jackie Chan is wow. like the lead. And then John Cusack, Adrian Brody is like, Adrian Brody's the villain. John Cusack is like some American warrior. It's like, I'll help you, Jackie Chan. And has like a fight scene. And I watched it on YouTube a while back. I think it's like, I think the movie's called Dragon Blade. Um, I think they did it on How Did This Get Made, which is why I watched some of these clips. Mm. And you're like, well, you know, he, John Cusack is like, you wouldn't think it, but if he's been like d- really into like kickboxing or like into like whatever, whatever uh, fight format format that he was interested in. Discipline. Uh, let me tell you this. They had to do some heavy editing to cut around oh, John Cusack, which Just of course- Just like Russell Crowe singing. I, I know. Um Guys, in the multitude. Um, <laughs> which I don't know if in 1999 John Cusack is, you're like, oh, that's when he could actually fight. And now 20 years later, it's like, new. I feel like we're talking 1990 John Cusack. Well, sure. But I'm saying that, like, I think that he was still still young enough and still, like, whatever. He was still he, he a big enough name. I see why they would have gone training. after him. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. could see it, but man, it bore, man that bores me. Um, and Nick Cage didn't want to uh, be in Australia away from his family for so long, which is why he turned it down. Honestly, Nicolas Cage, I see more than almost anybody else. <laughs> because, again, he's one of those people. Oh, gosh, this is going to sound so bad. I'm going to sound like a mean person. But we all knew those people in our acting classes and our drama programs that you're like, they're not good at acting. <laughs> but occasionally they have flashes of brilliance which is actually the type of person that should work on camera because that can be caught on on stage it's hard to replicate that night after night well we all all know the people that didn't understand what method was so they just thought that if i just get really emotional and throw something around uh that that's acting i read something today and i forget who the actor is and i'll I'll tell you off mic because i I think i know vaguely enough about who it is to you'll know i read something today about this guy who was like i'm a method actor i want you to do this and he asked the other actor who was playing i don't maybe a cop or something to actually actually tear gas him and it was like and and all the comments on this like (laughs) post are like I'm reminded of Laurence Olivier saying to Dustin Hoffman, my dear boy, have you ever heard of 
Acting. Try acting. Um, I know. I mean, there's a to to an extent. There's an extent that it's like you know what? It's For like sure. do the thing. Like there's to an extent, do the thing, and uh, to an extent, it's like what? What are you? What are we talking there's about? Balance, um, baby. There's such balance. But like, yeah, Nick Cage is someone that I could see having gotten really into the all the philosophy, like all into the oh, ideas of the he film. He would have been like, I'll read all the books and then I'll bring it, and that's what I'll do. And I, this was like that was pretty much the last gasp of getting. In terms of getting him into fighting shape, uh, but I could see it, but uh, I can't see it being anywhere near as I good as Keanu. I can't see it being as not good as Keanu, no, but no, 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 I, ca- no. I can see it existing no. and not breaking the film. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, Lou Diamond Phillips was sent the script, oh. but was told by his agent that the movie would flop. Um, there's one place I saw online that said Neo, and others just said an unspecified role. So I don't know for sure if it was for Neo. I mean, he I mean, could have been also... great as any of the guys in the ship. He'd be great. Yeah, he could have been for Tank. He could have. He could have also been Cipher. Um, oh, ooh, ooh, because he's like a similarish role in a. Speaking of Mark Wahlberg, a really dumb, dumb film that came out in I think '98 called The Big Hit. That's just like there are a bunch of assassins, and now Lou Diamond Phillips is like, and now I'm gonna turn and be a bad guy. Well, unlike Joey Pants, who I and look, I love and respect character actors, but he is someone who, because he knows he reads Weasley and leans into it. Yeah. Like it can be hard to sympathize with, you yeah. know, especially given how a lot of his characters that he plays are written. Whereas Lou Diamond Phillips is someone who like, depending on like which way he leans, sure. It can be incredibly sympathetic. So well, like, yeah, I mean, you've got him been... in everything from like La Bamba to stand and deliver. Exactly. And, then, and then you've got him in like, you can have him as like the heavy. You can have him as like your totally. Villainous, so he'd be really interesting roles. in yeah. a lot of, uh, yeah, I think he'd be an interesting Neo, but he'd certainly also be, have been great in any of the supporting roles because I think he totally. could have fulfilled any of them successfully. Sure. I agree. 100% agree. Um, so some sources say, because the Wachowskis been try- were trying to make this film in the early 90s. So their original first choice back when they were writing the film was Brandon Lee, who, of course, <gasps> died uh, on the set of well, The Crow. of course. Yeah. Duh. Um, who, I mean, would have been great. But, yes. you know, it's, it's, there's so many roles oh. that, like, we'll never Brandon know. Brandon Lee would have been so great in so many things. I know, I oh. know. Um, but I think he would have been great. Um, so the Wachowskis' first choice, once they were actually greenlit, this one also makes a lot of sense, Johnny Depp. Which I feel like... Absolutely. And yeah. Johnny Depp, for all the problems that we have with him, which are very justified, is a phenomenal actor. Yeah. And at that age... He was when... still... At that age, he was still trying. <laughs> He sure was. He maybe also wasn't abusing partners. Who can say? But the point is, oh yeah, that I'm. That makes a lot of sense. Totally. Um, but the studio did not want Depp because I don't know if he was just such an indie darling at that point, or For if like sure. just hadn't. They, like, He's yeah. too weird. Too weird. What what have you? Um. Yeah, so the we'll say studio... Keanu is a is a good studio choice because he's like already been like very much in the action vein. So people who have less imaginations don't have to connect as many dots. So like, well, I've kind of seen it. I mean, I haven't seen this movie, but I've seen him do X, Y, Z. I can, you know, map it onto this film. Definitely. Um, I was just curious because like, clearly he had had action hits like speed, but, um, I feel like he maybe had, yeah. uh, Yeah. I mean, his last movie before the matrix was the devil's advocate in 97, um feeling minnesota chain reaction was a flop johnny mnemonic in 95 yeah like really since speed he hadn't had a hit wow. so he i see why then he was not was not like a top a choice list. especially when you're like we can't get the guy where who made that other big flop virtual reality what i movie. love what i love <laughs> is when actors are blamed for poor writing editing directing well i love when actors are blamed for things 
for their control. Um, but the studio didn't want Depp. They wanted one of the following two actors. And when they both said no, then it went down to Depp and Count Reeves. Those two actors were Brad Pitt and Val Kilmer. <laughs> now, Brad Pitt originally said yes. But then he turned it down because he was too exhausted after filming seven years in Tibet and um, started in a fight club instead, which is a much better use of fight Brad club Pitt energy. Is exactly right. Like, honestly, Fight Club is if if Brad Pitt's remembered for nothing else, and he'll be remembered for many things because he's done a ton of films and he right. won an Oscar for something not Fight Club. Right. <laughs> but it's an iconic performance. It sits like a comfortably, beautifully tailored suit on him, Tyler Durden. On that lean, lean, on that lean body, gorgeous um, body. Although you know, talking about Fight Club, I could see Edward Norton as Neo. Much easier 1999, than Brad Pitt. Ed Norton. You need someone. What I think Keanu brings to it, which is what I was maybe trying to articulate earlier, which I think you're totally onto something, which Norton brings better than Depp does, is this like hint of vulnerability behind the eyes that like he maybe the actor, the character, the kinds of characters these guys play don't quite have the emotional intelligence to release into. Yeah, in this dead-end, white-collar job. Yes. Very similar, Fight Club, to the Matrix of where the character starts. Oh, the scenes with the, like, Mr. Anderson, you're going to show up and be on time, are very Fight Club. You know, there's a lot of parallels in a way that you wouldn't necessarily expect, but of course, Fight Club and the Matrix are saying a lot of the same things. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Anderson, you talked about Fight Club. That was the one, the first rule about the Matrix. You do not talk about the Matrix. Um, and Val Kilmer turned it down to star in, ah, in no. At First Sight. I which, mean, again, I get why I, people I, be like, you throw out a lot of names when you're trying to yeah. cast something, right? You're like, what about this guy? And to that I say, like, I get it, but no thank you. I could see it. I mean, of the ones that we've talked about, I like Val Kilmer Oh, I like him better than some people, for sure. Mark Wahlberg, again, (laughs) has, there's a time and a place. And it is not The Matrix 1999. Boston, the time, (laughs) whenever The Departed was set. (laughs) (laughs) The time, 2006. Uh, (laughs) um, But no, I mean, it's also also because, like, I'd seen the Burton Batman, but... My Batman growing up was Batman Forever because that's like a 1995. Like I, I either saw it in theaters or I it was a huge oh, so that was constant. Yes, I constant library that a lot. rental. So yes, um, and like of that. So it's like you're you're four years removed from that Batman, but uh, you know, you know Val Kilmer. I, I can see it. I dig it. I he, see him I, doing the action. Here's the thing, though. There's something about. And again, I'm an actor and I believe actors can act. So this is going to sound like someone who doesn't understand that. <laughs> However, um, once you have played yeah. like this adult leading man who basically is in charge of Batman is like, I'm going to control the narrative and make X, Y, Z happen. Mm-hmm. It's hard to go back to playing the juvenile lead of someone who's like, wait, what? Just sweep me along and tell me what's happening. And then uh, my arc as I take control. I think it's just a little harder to retro, uh, retrofit that. I get what you're saying. I, I don't really Again, I can understand agree. that actors um, act. <laughs> right. But, but, but there is something to be said about like once an audience has a certain perception of an actor, it could be hard to break that. Particularly uh, in Hollywood. Right. Of all things I was thinking about because Seth Rogen wrote super bad and was originally going to star in it but but it took so long that oh, he was still like no wow. he and like he was like he he was wearing a shirt that made him look 
thinner and he shaved, make sure he shaved that day. And then he's like looking in the mirror and he's like, what am I doing? Because- I'm just imagining, imagining <laughs> Seth Rogen kissing Emma Stone in super bad. that's the thing. He's only like three, maybe four years older than Jonah Hill. Really? I know. But at that point, Seth Rogen had already done Knocked Up. So it's like, you can't go You're from an Knocked adult. Up to now being in high school. Yeah. That's like why those yeah. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies are so stupid. Because they have him once again in high school. And it's like 30-year-old Andrew Garfield in, in playing high school. It's like, oh, yeah. Remember when I graduated high school three years ago, Amy? <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. It's like, no, it's like you can't, yeah, you can't put the bunny back in the box. Um, <laughs> so I get what you're saying to an extent. I don't consider this a juvenile lead so much because he's not like... It's the innocence. He's not like uh, whatever. It's it's not like John Lee Miller in Hackers where you're like a high schooler or even college age sure. where it's like, hey, you're getting in trouble with the law. It's, oh no, you're living two lives. You are fully in working for this software company like looking i will say they don't really uh, maybe it's because in this film they don't fully explore the other life of him on the web we don't really see that yeah we really don't it's It's only when we hear that he's like yeah i've been looking for you that we're like oh yeah you don't get much of his life outside of him just like which we don't need napping at a computer i think that's partially like you have an actor who is like conveys this sort of sleepy Um, adult juvenilia. Sure. You know what I mean? I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Um, th- I still think the Del Kilmer could have done it. But him and Brad Pitt both said no. So then it, the Warner Brothers was willing to consider Johnny Depp, who was at that point then the Wachowski's top choice. Uh, and the studio at that point, Warner Brothers, was pushing for Keanu Reeves. And Keanu was always really tuned into the concept of the film and made a big difference in the casting. Because he, I guess, I think it was just like came down to that he was like the most enthusiastic to like... That makes a big difference, Get though. on board. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, when someone gets what you're trying to do, it's like, yeah. well, then that's just less work I'm going to have to do on set. 100%. Uh, and finally, at one point, Warner Brothers and the Wachowskis were so desperate while trying to cast Neo that they considered switching Neo to be a woman and offered tell me, it- Tell me, tell me, all about it. To Sandra Bullock. I, okay. And I'm like, was it just because she did the net? <laughs> that she was like, the also nets. did a hacker movie? <laughs> You told me, so Jeff told me earlier today, like, hey, by the way, one of the people considered for Neo, one of the people considered for no. Neo was a woman. And I thought, is it Sandra Bullock? Wow, you did? I did. And it's just because of speed. It's just because I made the Keanu leap. It's oh, not because of the net. Right. It's not because of any good reason. It's just like brain association. But I was just like, whoever it is, is not going to be who I right. want. It's not like the ex- it's, this exciting. It's, it's not, not Kate Blanchett. Be, it's not Kate Blanchett. It's coming not, off of Elizabeth. It's not Tilda hot Swinton. Hot off her Oscar nom. Right. It's not, it, you know, right, 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 contemporary right, right. Gwendolyn Christie. <laughs> it, it's not someone like Andro and like. It, it wasn't Carrie Ann Moss. <laughs> it wasn't Carrie Ann Moss. They weren't like, you know what? Let's rewrite this whole shebang and put. I know, but it's like, I don't know. As I told you, like, I don't know what they would have done if it would have been. Would Trinity have changed? They have changed Trinity to a man, or I think so. would they have nixed the love subplot? Or could we have potentially? It was 1999. We could not. <laughs> it's just fa- it's fascinating to me that they were willing to be like you know they had so many of like the Hollywood leading men turn it down that like what if we could completely reconfigure the film, um, which is fascinating mm. to picture. I mean, it'd be amazing if it was still just like these two women then in love. It's just Can like, we remake the Matrix? I know. No. Why? As not. a lesbian fantasy. Why not? Why not? I but love it. Let's um chat about Trinity. Because I, because I, I, and I might as well just say this right now that uh, Sandy was also considered for Trinity. She pretty much had her choice of playing Neo or Trinity. 
And Can you imagine? She turned, if she played them both, <laughs> double the Sandy. <laughs> Double your sandy, double your, double your fun. Um, but she she turned them both down because she just couldn't she couldn't get on board with the uh, with with the premise. As many people just like couldn't couldn't see it. Um, but let's now they're talking about Trinity. Your thoughts on Carrie Ann Moss and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I think Carrie Ann Moss is wonderful. So good in this. She's so good. She's like deliciously Andro. She's so badass. She's just so cool. Yeah. She looks great in the costumes. <laughs> and and she's I think I think she's excellent. And mm. I'm so thrilled that we have this from this actor. Totally. The script just said that like she like a woman with it wears leather. And so the costume designer like ran with that. Um, <laughs> As they are wont to do. Thank you <laughs> I so know, much. I know. Also apparently cuz she done like some TV stuff, but like she really was had never done a movie before so this was seeing like the dailies of her and this was the first time she'd ever seen or i think like the first screening of this was the first time she'd ever seen herself on the big screen Uh, which i think is bananas because she's so good so good in this she's so good she looks great they've uh, they've also lit her incredibly and costumed her incredibly but also like the actor is doing fantastic things totally i love her i think cut print thank you so much (laughs) I do, however, have a lot of thoughts because mm. I do know there are a lot of incredible, Great. like, femmes who fight, as Love it, it were. Hit us with it. So this is the first, the first person I thought of. Uh, oh, 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 wait. I have written next to Trinity, Catwoman Wishes. <laughs> I, that's the first thing I wrote in this uh, uh-huh. screening uh, when she was, like, jumping uh, buildings. Uh, oh, I Because she's, like, wearing leather and jumping. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> as if Michelle. Anyway, um, the first person I have is Charlize. Ooh, of course. And this is what I was thinking. I was like, now I have Charlize and Keanu ever done a film before. And it took me, like, half an hour before I was like... Oh, wait, oh, they did the Devil's baby. Advocate together. Devil's Advocate. Right and before this. Sweet November, which was a movie that I watched on HBO too many times for no reason, except that it was always on HBO. Well, this would have been better than all yeah. of that. Although, sorry, you just made me remember. I totally forgot to mention with Sandy, old Sam, Sandy, my girl Sandy, uh, that she, for Trinity, she said that she couldn't see herself starring alongside the actor that was intended to play Neo at the time. So clearly not Keanu Reeves because they'd already right. done Speed together. They had acted together. They knew it worked. And they love each other. Because they, of course, they'll want to do the lake house uh, as well. But but like I was like, who of those Neos was Sandra like, I cannot see myself alongside Like Johnny Nick, Depp? Maybe Nick Cage? <laughs> Can you imagine? Maybe it was Nick Cage. Like, Val um, Kilmer. Because it was someone that was at least like in the... Or maybe like Brad or, Pitt, you know? I mean, maybe, but like what, who? who's like, you know what? I can't see myself starring alongside Brad Pitt. So well, when you pass. are Sandra Bullock in the 90s and you're like hot, but you're not, you're not Demi Moore. You're mm-hmm. like a little quirkier. There is a certain self-confidence deficit that I can absolutely see of being like, ah, we, we're not quite in the same world, you know? I guess. I mean, in 1989, she instead was doing Forces of Nature with Ben Affleck. So I'm like, who did she, she chose to start with Ben Affleck over someone that she was like, I can't see myself starring with this person. My guess would be Cage. That would be my guess is at the time it was Cage. I would go Cage or Pit. Cage or Pit, yeah. A Pit or a Cage. <laughs> you must choose. You're going down into the, the pit, pit or you're or going into the Cage. Who would want either one? Okay, I have plenty of other thoughts. The Brad Pitt and the pendulum? <laughs> just, just, Just tied to a table with Brad Pitt swinging overhead. <laughs> and narrating it. I want Brad Pitt narrating a series of Edgar Allan Poe stories. Give it to me. Why haven't we had it? It'd be <laughs> so weird. We? But, well, well, why I'd, rather have, we? I'd rather have Nick Cage narrating some Edgar Allan Poe. That oh I could say. Oh my gosh. 
Once upon a midnight dreary. I can see Nick Cage absolutely killing in an adaptation of The Telltale Heart. Yeah, that's I like exactly it. right. Yeah. Well, moving yeah. on because that was yes, deeply important. On. Yes, hit us, hit us with some more. I have like plenty of other people who I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I can see them fighting. Uh, basically, any of the women in Kill Bill. Of course. Uma. Sure. Lucy Liu. Yeah. Um, other women who were in that movie. <laughs> uh, Vivica Fox. Vivica. I believe Daryl Hannah. Fox. I was remembering, believe it or not, their character names, and that was throwing oh, me sure. off. Oh, sure. Vernita Green. And yes, exactly. L Driver. Yeah. Uh, like any of them would have sure. also been like r- really great. Then I thought because this is filmed in Australia, oh. one of my favorite Australian actors who is less known uh-huh. to American audiences is Essie Davis. Yes, yes, yes. Well, well, you know her best from Miss Fisher. Miss Fisher's, Fisher's Murder, Mysteries. Murder Mysteries. A lot of people know her from The Babadook is her other big... Gay canon. What? Oh, yes, of course, of course. <laughs> Gay I'm sorry. canon. I, I was like... <laughs> I, I was hearing Canon C A N N O N and I was just imagining launching a Bob like for the for Pride, launching a Bob <laughs> launching like Baba Duke streamers streamer like balloons People like fully th- dressed in a cannon. as the Baba Duke that Halloween, but like gay Baba Duke. Baba Shook. Baba Shook. Baba Shook. Baba Shook. I do sometimes, <laughs> occasionally really enjoy the internet. Anyway, but Essie Davis is like so like hot and ferocious and totally. so good and she Love I think it. would be wonderful. Right. Um other more contemporary options mm-hmm. that I had included Dana Gurira from Black yes, Panther, yes. who is just one of the like most <laughs> striking, intense, fantastic performers. Who I'm totally. just like, yeah, you would absolutely be someone who I could see like being a formidable force. You know what? Agents. But why don't you reunite her with her partner in that film? Have uh, uh, Daniel Kaluuya as Neo? Yes. I'm not mad out, about it. Yeah. Not at all. No. I mean, and, and speaking of Black Panther, I mean, like, it's easy to say Lupita for everything, but also, oh, like, Lupita. Yeah. Lupita is great. Um, And then I thought, like, a very young Sigourney Weaver. Sure. Of course. So great. Yeah. We know the strength. Um, oh, man. I, I realize this. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't tell you this of, like, the, uh, you know, the constant march of time, but that The Matrix is closer to the first Alien movie than it is to today. What? 1999 for The Matrix, 1979 for Alien. 20 years between Alien and The Matrix, 21 years between The Matrix and today. Wow. See, I was born <laughs> in between those two things happening, so that's humble. Well, that was the other great event. There was Alien, Amy Jo was born, and then, the, <laughs> and then The Matrix. Yes, you just came bursting from the womb. Hello! I'm ready to sing and Hello, entertain. Um, I also, and this is, this is, uh, we've talked about this person, but like, this is another person mm-hmm. who like occurred to me, maybe partially because of hackers, but Angelina Jolie. Of course. Because like, yeah. she's beautiful and ferocious sure. and could fight, fight, fight. And we've seen what's the freaking Tomb Raider film, you know, like. Tomb you know, Raider. <laughs> yeah. I, I meant what's the freaking, and then I got it. And I was like, oh, oh, oh I oh, mean oh. the Tomb Raider film, but thank you. And then, um, oh, 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 you know, this occurred to me also because um, watching the film, I was like, this isn't unlike Avatar. And I was like, oh, Zoe Saldana, another incredible action fight and act in a number yeah. of things. I was like, she'd be great, too. So anyway, yeah. there's I had a lot of people. It's a lot of great thoughts. But I was like, you would be great. I'd watch them all. And I think they'd yeah. all be. But I'm also thrilled that this gave us Carrie, Carrie and Moss. Moss. Well, let's get into it. And let's see if maybe you guessed 
a few <gasps> people considered. I love when I do. Um, so off the bat, uh, Gillian Anderson had to turn it down. Mm. Once again, conflict Same with the X-Files. Same as the uh, But she'd, be, she'd have been great. Jada Pinkett Smith auditioned Ooh. and would later play Niobe in The Matrix Reloaded, The mm. Matrix Revolutions. Mm. Um, so she would, of course, join the franchise and kick her kick butt in those other films. So she could definitely handle the action. Oh, yeah. um, she'd been great. Marissa Tomei was love considered. Her. Love that Marissa Tomei. The very different trinity. Very, very different but, type of role that well, I'm used to seeing like, Marissa Tomei. But Marissa Tomei also like has done a number of different things. I think we're all most familiar with her be- because of my cousin Vinny, in which she is giving comedic gold. I, and yes. so I think it's very hard to separate from being like she gave this iconic comedic performance and be like she also does a ton of like really sad dramatic stuff i mean i know her just as well for the wrestler for in the bedroom her other academy award nominated performances i saw both of those in the theaters and i saw her again i've spoken about saw her on the stage i've seen her on the american American stage stage. (laughs) in the rose tattoo and it's like you're hilarious and devastating wow you're good at all the actings yeah but yeah that's 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 what i'm saying is that like i even in like stuff like like in the bedroom, the wrestler. There's a certain, I don't know, it's a certain not, not even lightness to her that I'm not used to seeing. With like the different. hard edge of Trinity, where it's just the person where the, the most of the role is them just being kind of cagey about like their whole thing right. of like, I oh, I'm say, falling and I'm I'm supposed to fall in love with the one, but I don't love this guy, and now of, I'm slowly falling in love with one him. of the things that Marissa Tomei is trading in. Like we all as actors have certain things that we're like, I know I bring this to the table with every role, yeah. And one of the things she is always trading in is her like sensuality, and. It's not that Carrie Ann Moss doesn't have that, but it's almost like Trinity is unconcerned with it. And any of it that happens is uh, not by her choice. Is is by choice of the costume designer. (laughs) Is by choice of the costume designer being like, what about really tight, reflective vinyl pants? Right, right. Um, What a leather tube top. Whereas Marissa Tomei, it's like, that's going to be a conscious choice. And it's one of her weapons that she as an actor and a human and 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 the character would know how yeah. to use whereas like i don't think that's what carrie ann moss's no. trinity she, is yeah she really with. sands off those like quote-unquote feminine edges it's much to more a really Andrew. strong absolutely strong uh, uh effect effect yeah absolutely um so it'd been it'd been rumored that the wachowski sisters had originally wanted gina gershon who of course oh. is inbound her and jennifer tilly um and she had so much going on in 1999. She had like so many movies I've never heard of. And then also The Insider, the Michael Mann movie with mm. Pacino. And she had a short-lived show called Snoops, which is a delightful name for a little private Especially private eye show. Like that. Snoops. Snoops. Um, but yeah, I, I, I could see her. I mean, especially having just rewatched Bound of where she's like so andro and has like such a like boy haircut and mm. it's just going around in like tank tops and like leather jackets. Um. I can certainly see aesthetically um, and I, I could totally see it. It would have really been a boon for her career. For sure. I um, mean, at that time I've seen her, well, I've seen her in films and I've seen her on stage a couple of times and it's not that she's not right. good because she is, but um, I don't know. I'm always aware of the performance. Of course. And it's also, you can only judge with what you've seen exactly. to an extent, you know, it's hard. To, well, yeah. I guess that's up to casting directors to be like, you know what? Carrie Ann Moss has never done a movie, but uh, I have a feeling that she could knock this Matrix totally. out of the park. Um, Selma Hayek was considered. Ooh, also in that Wild, really good. Wild Wild West with uh, with Will Smith. Um, yeah, very different choice, but love it. Love it. Uh, 
Catherine Zeta-Jones was considered. I absolutely can see that. Could 100% see that. Aficia. Um, which instead, in 1999, she had The Haunting and Entrapment, which was a hit, but not a Matrix-level hit. I No, I <laughs> saw Entrapment in the theaters, and I tell you, I still remember her like, I'd better Sliding. not get caught by these lasers. Slide into those lasers. <laughs> J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez was considered. Sure. Um, yeah. Which... Normally, I'm more enthusiastic about J-Lo, but yeah. I think because Carrie Ann Moss is so good in this, she's holding right. everyone to a higher standard. And I think J-Lo would have been fine, but Carrie Ann Moss, I think, is a better actor. I'd agree. I, I think it's also that, at least with what Carrie Moss brings to it, it is like a certain reserve. That That's what I'm more thinking of. It's like there's like a certain cult, like a, a almost an aloofness. Absolutely. To Trinity. That J-Lo and Marissa Tomei are, like, have like a more of an open heart Absolutely. warmth to them. Yeah. Um, which is why it's a little, like Catherine Zeta-Jones, I can see like giving i have a heart but i'm gonna a little cut it off yeah where it's like a little icy or a little like you know what i've been in this bad i've been in this war for years so i'm not like going gonna go moon eye over you know keanu reeves until it's like i can't also because like you think about what if she falls in love with this person what that means so of course she's gonna resist it as long as possible but i think totally like just from what i've seen of carrie ann moss that's much more where she lives than someone like a j-lo who's much more like right well, you know. Yeah. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Angelina Jolie was considered. Of course. But if she had done The Matrix, she may not have been able to do Girl Interrupted and win that Oscar. And I think it did her fine. I agree. Uh, I love this option. Michelle Yeoh was considered. Oh, my gosh. I thought about her, but I was like, I forget how old she would have been at this point. Yeah. Well, but she it was the same year as Crouching Tiger or almost the same year. It was the year before. Crouching Tiger was 2000. Okay. So, so this was right between. Around the same time. Because what introduced her to most American audiences was Tomorrow Never Dies, the oh, Bond right, movie, right, right. which I think was 98. So this was like smack, or 97, 97 or 98. Either way, this this would have been like right smack in between. Because um, I looked up, she didn't have another, I mean, Crash and Tiger crossed over, even though it's not a Hollywood film. Um, but it was a big hit. Absolutely. But I mean, in terms of being like. I saw it in next, a theater. Oh, so did I. But I, what I mean is that her next like American Hollywood film after Tomorrow Never Dies, but that was the next film uh that like brought her back into the like the american conscious the, the yeah. america at wide you could of course be seeing foreign films um but they were not all having as wide of release as crouching tiger hidden dragon they right. weren't the phenomenon that crouching tiger hidden dragon was um but she'd be great i love michelle yo so much mm. uh <laughs> courtney cox was considered she is also born in 1964 <laughs> i know from my looking up of things earlier and i was like uh, I can uh, see it, but no. Um, so that's really funny. Yeah, no. Same with Drew Barrymore was considered. Oh, who, no. She was too busy doing Never Been Kissed, which that sounds hey, a lot more... Right. Can is... you imagine Carrie Ann Moss in Never Been Kissed? I can't. Exactly. But actually, that movie would have been funnier because she would have been... It would have been like, what is this high school student do? I mean, it would have been much more like me as a high school student, which is she would still She would still be intense. dressed in these like leather, in these leather trench coats, just in sunglasses. I have a question for you, teacher. <laughs> I saw that in theaters and I do remember the line of the teacher being like, are you sure you're 16? Or like, are you sure you're 18? And I was like... Yeah, when I was watching it like in high school being like, who who greenlit this line? Right, right. Uh, ding, ding, ding again. Uma Thurman was considered, mm-hmm. which, I mean, yeah. 
totally. I'm like, Yadoy. I was like, have Uma and Keanu been in a movie together? I was like, oh yeah, Dangerous Liaisons. Um, and they might have been in something else together, but definitely Danger- Dangerous Liaisons. Dangerous Liaisons when they were both wee baby children. Wee little babies. Not fighting, but wearing fancy clothes. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, Ming-Na Wen was considered, who now is widely known from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm. but uh, she was in the Joy Luck Club. She was Chung Li in the movie of Street Fighter. Uh, and she's the speaking voice of Mulan. <gasps> well. So she's one of those people that it's very easy to be like, no, no, you've seen this person in things. You know who this is. Exactly, but you just don't realize it. Um, and they consider Ming-Na Wen, which I think is great because she's uh, rad and can definitely fight. Um, pew, pew, pew. Pew, 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 indeed. Uh, don't know as much about our next option, Heather Graham. No. Yeah. No, no. baby. No. What? What a Perfect bright-eyed... for the late nineties of certain things. Yeah, like she's good in. She's in Boogie Nights, which is ninety eight. She can act, and that's one of the things. She's just someone that's like, oh, I've only seen her be bubbly, and Trinity is not a bubbly. That's person. exactly right. Right. Um. She's fighting the man. Yeah, she's fighting the man. Um. Mariska Hargitay was considered, and this was 1999, so this is the year SVU started, um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which ultimately uh, I think was the best choice for her. Uh, She is still working, darling. She's collecting paychecks and residuals. She's still making those new apps. I can't believe that SVU is still... That Chris Maloney's coming back. That they're like, that's the big news. That Stabler's coming back to SVU. Um, it's it's like The Simpsons now of how long that show is running. It's uh, yeah. bananas. Banana. Bananas. Um, oh, ding, 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 again, in terms of Kill Bill, Lucy Liu was considered. Also which, would have been love, great. Love, love, love. I think she would have been wonderful in this I film. agree. I would have loved Lucy Liu. I think that's like, I mean, there's a lot of good options here. From Catherine Zeta-Jones to Michelle Yeoh to and to, to Lucy Liu, but like that's Lucy Liu is like definitely in my top three. Absolutely, um, potential. It's, it's like you don't have to change anything about the film in order to like like the tone doesn't shift. Nothing. Yeah. The lines don't have to shift. It's just like the performer shifts, and it's like oh yeah, that just she brings a different quality that to it. Chili reserve in Absolutely. Kill Bill. Um, and she's and great. many other things. And, she does. Oh, no, no, no. She's great. Love that Lucy Liu. Um, Jennifer Beals was considered, which fascinating i know would have been a real boon for her i mean 1989 in terms of like what films she was getting still making because here's what instead jennifer beals made in 1989 tell me you might recall from our con air episode if you listen to it uh that rachel takoden was in a movie called turbulence that had the same plot as con air right she did the same year she was also the the like um I'm the police agent on Well, board. she's the police agent on Con Air, but the fact that she made another Yes, but that's what I'm movie. saying, for Yes, context. yes, yes. For, yes. Um, so in 1999, Jennifer Beals was starring in Turbulence 2, oh. Fear of Flying. In this action-packed drama, a group of people who have completed a therapy program to overcome their severe fear of flying celebrate with a group flight to L.A. However, they soon discover that there are perfectly good reasons to be afraid of airliners. A group of terrorists hijacked a jet. Oh my goodness. Murdering the pilot and threatening to kill all the passengers with chemical weapons. With the captain's chair empty, one of the passengers, who happens to be an airplane engineer, works to deactivate the chemical weapons bomb and land the plane safely turbulence too fear of flying no just fear mongering <laughs> i think the matrix might have been a better choice than turbulence too maybe maybe uh, uh ashley judd was considered which sure it was I the late it. 90s yeah but of course she was too busy starring in eye of the beholder with you mcgregor going merry christmas daddy over all the men that she killed weren't we all <laughs> 
Merry Christmas, Daddy. Merry Christmas, Daddy. (laughs) Um, Janet Jackson was initially approached for the role of Trinity, but scheduling conflicts prevented her from accepting it. In an interview, she stated that turning down the role was difficult for her, so she later referenced the film in the intro and outro interludes on her 10th studio album, Discipline. I love it. Which, if you listen, it's like a computer, like, booting up. I have not, but Um, now I will. Yeah, which, I mean, wildly different, uh, but... Oh yeah, that but is like rad to really picture cool. Janet Jackson. Uh yeah, that's very cool to imagine. Um and we already talked about Sandra Bullock, so let's move on to Agent Smith. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Hugo Weaving and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I love Hugo Weaving. Um I'm also a Lord of the Rings nerd, sure. so I love him as Lord Elrond. Of course. And I've seen him on the stage oh. when he and Kate Blanchett brought their Sydney theater production of Gabler to Bam, oh, wow, and he wow. played Judge Brack yeah. Hedda Gabler because I am pretentious is one of my favorite plays <laughs> and he was wonderful and i was just like yes i'm watching hugo weaving yeah. live there's a but few anyway, clips on youtube and i was like oh man great. i wish i wish i could have seen it i've seen a person. number of different head of gabblers and he is definitely my favorite judge brack i have i have hmm. seen because i also like i have a judge brack in my head and he's the closest to that yeah. you know um i don't have a ton of other options my other options would have been ones who probably would have also been good if it were like a few years earlier mm-hmm. um but i have a young alan rickman like if we're talking like immediately oh, post die hard of course Kenny, i mean like perfection amazing. amazing and a young john malkovich sure yeah. just like anyone who is just like i'm used to playing villains but also i have to get out of here you virus once i have the i keys, am cyrus the virus once i have the keys to zion i you can get out of here of this program. Once I have the keys to Zion, I can get out of here. Show me the one. Show me. Oh, Potter. Potter. <laughs> anyway, the point is, um, I think he's wonderful. I think he's great. Yeah. And uh, I'm thrilled that they had to use an Aussie because clearly that's like why yeah. he got the part. Yeah. And I think, uh, what what was it I said when we were watching it? It's just like, launch me! As like Hugo Weaving, like, launch my career. Oh, launch my career. Absol- yeah. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, because no one in America knew who he was. The Wachowskis, they cast him based off, which because I knew this, I watched this movie years ago. This tiny, teeny tiny, like indie Aussie drama called Proof where he's just like a blind man living his life that's the plot and it's got young russell crowe as like this like guy that's helping him and they have like they both fall in love with the same woman and like that's it but it's like it's weird to be like this was what made you want to cast him as agent smith it's such a very he's much warmer in it he's like i don't know it's a it's so i don't know so, 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 i feel so different. like when i've done casting it's like if i like an actor well sure I'm so willing to be like, I can stretch my imagination to oh, see them doing this. I get it in the sense of like wanting to be like, this actor is great. How do we share him with a wider audience? There's right. a movie on Netflix that I thought was a new movie. And then I quickly was like, oh no, this is like a mid nineties Australian movie. I, I Maybe called like, it might just be called interrogation or something, but it's Hugo Weaving like getting picked up at his apartment and is being interrogated by the cops where he's kind of got a nervous energy and you're like, is this person a murderer? Is this person wrongfully accused? Like what's going on? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not great. I only watched like half an hour of it, but he's good in it as he's good in everything. And I can certainly see of like seeing these independent, like Aussie films and being like this guy, why is this guy not more films? When we make our big film, this guy's going to be in it. This guy. Absolutely. So on the first day of shooting, 
Hugo Weaving suffered an injury to his leg during fight training. Oh, no. It was revealed to be a polyp that had to be surgically removed. So for a while, there was a suggestion that the actor would have to be recast. But by shifting the schedule around so that all of his fight scenes would take place at the end of shooting, Weaving was able to take the part. And I'm like, you already had to move all the fights to the end anyway for Keanu. This is a real Amy Jo Jackson move to hurt yourself. (laughs) I hurt myself in a fight call once. And I was like, I'm not even doing anything. I totally forgot to mention when we were talking about Trinity. Carrie Ann Moss injured herself. She twisted her ankle while shooting one of her scenes and decided not to tell anyone until after filming because she was was worried that they would recast her. Um, That's another Amy Jo Jackson move. Everyone got injured on this film. Well, it's very difficult what they're doing. It's true, but still the first day of shooting, it's like, oops, I gotta get surgery on my leg. Um, Yikes, 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 yikes. Um, So for Agent Smith's voice, Hugo Weaving emulated a 1950s newsreader, and Lawrence Fishburne compared him to Walter Cronkite, which Perfect. I think is great. It's like such an iconic voice. It's so good. Like I think that's why, as like actors like Alan Rickman and John Malkovich come to mind, actors with like because they such have really distinctive voices, specific vocal patterns. Absolutely. Which which I think honestly, because you have Morpheus and Agent Smith. Mm-hmm. Both who have a ton of text yeah. and who the actors who, who were cast deliver these really iconic line readings. You don't need Neo to fulfill that function. Neo can do everything but the text, you know, which is like right. why like young me was like, Ugh. but me <laughs> now is like, no, no, no. You don't need everyone to do that or you're doing a Noel Coward play on film. You know? Yes. Well, more to the point, like I think the other version of this is that Neo would just have a bunch of one liners. Which he doesn't. Which he doesn't. Like, and honestly, thank goodness. Everyone else gets, I mean, Trinity gets the dodge this and we'll get to Lawrence Fishburne, but he is like, some of the, all the best quotes of this film are but from But Neil's Morpheus. like too stressed. There's, it really would only come up at the very end. Maybe even by that point, there's too many stakes and so yeah. much happening. Too right. many raw steaks that you're just like deliciously eating in the Matrix. Instead, he's, oh brother. Instead, he's just saying Morpheus jump over building and his response is just, whoa. Um, and, well, he, he does, of course, get, uh, I know Kung Fu. Um, A classic. Show me. Which I think is an even better. Like, I know Kung Fu is the line that people remember, but like, show me is like such a, you just get chills with Lawrence Fishburne, which we'll get to. But first, here are the only two other actors that were considered. Tell me. For Agent Smith. First offered to Jean Renault. Oh. But he turned it down to do Godzilla instead and was unwilling to move to Australia. I'm going to guess he got paid more because he's also he's coming off of a mission. Yeah, Yeah. he's coming off a mission impossible in 96. And like, yeah, the 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 listener couldn't see my face. But basically (laughs) the the, uh, sound my face was making was. Oh, no, trust. That's like a definite step down of doing Godzilla instead of the Matrix. But it's hard when you're like, I got to do nine months. I got to go do fight training for no, four totally. months and read three are, books on philosophy before they'll even show me the script. Actors are people, you know, <laughs> who have to make, they have to make decisions about jobs they're doing. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But um, I clearly Matrix is held in high regard uh, yeah, than yeah, Godzilla. Yeah. Um, and Chris Maloney, speaking of SVU, uh, who's also inbound. That I can actually see very yeah. easily, very clearly. I like that option a lot. I like I'm it just a lot. imagining, I mean, this is the year, the SVU, and he was doing Oz on uh, HBO. I think it would have been great. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, now we've chatted about him a bit. Let's get into Morpheus. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Lawrence Fishburne, and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? I have written next to this about Lawrence Fishburne. He's in then in all caps magnificent I, I think it's the best actor i think it's the best acting in the film i think he's the best character 100%. performer whatever he's you want to call it so good 
like he has to handle all of this sci-fi expositional dialogue. Yeah. And yet it feels so easy on him. He also like, I mean, all of them have to do this, but him most, I think most noticeably because he has the bulk of the dialogue mm-hmm. in these sections is he has to be able to wear this like leather trench coat, uh, you know, aviator pants look. He has to and wear then, the most uncomfortable looking sunglasses where yeah. there's no, there's no, there's no. That's a pen like, A pen just like oh, I just rests aware. on your nose. It's a real Hercule Poirot How situation. How do they stay there? Um, are they sticky? Uh, tension. Tension. You know, design. That, yeah. D- all the stuff we heard in Sunday in the Park with George. Harmony. <laughs> Diddly-doo. Anyway. Uh-huh. Um, but he he has to, like, look so cool in all this, like, trench coat and, like, yeah, baby. But then he also, like, has to wear, like, here's me in my, like, wool throw. Oh, that's on, been in the real, the quote-unquote real on world. On the ship, the but yet look yeah. totally like the same character. But just like a, a slightly warmer, different version of it. But like all that has to carry and be consistent. And he is so good and so effortless yeah. with it. And he has, it, it's truly like a 20 minute minute chunk of the movie where he's just talking and explaining things. Yeah. But the vocal variety, the vocal choices, the acting, everything is like so clear and so specific and so just clean. Yeah. And on top of that, you need someone that can do these fight scenes. Who looks so cool. So so good. And so then can also play good. like, they've got my brain. <laughs> he's terrifying in that. And when, he, when he's getting interrogated by Agent Smith and he's just, his eyes are rolled up in the back of his head. He looks... He's... He's incredible he's he's in this so film. Good. He's so, I just so good. Like, in this. I guess I have like potential other thoughts, right. but really I was just like, yeah, no, this is perfect i know i was like casting. if it was made today give me an idris elba i have idris yeah, elba I, as like if this was made in the last right. like 10 that's, years that's like, and then i have maybe yeah. angela bassett you know mm. like because you sure. want someone who also is like great with text and has authority and that you trust yeah, yeah, yeah. implicitly who has a warmth and an intensity love it and that's like a very specific thing because mm. because because you do morpheus unlike a lot of the other people we we're talking about needs that warmth absolutely because he's got to believe you know it's what the oracle talks about like morpheus believes in you and you have to believe this like kind of almost parent child dynamic this mentor mentee dynamic and you have to invest in it so that there's stakes and so you care Mm. at the end that's such a good point yeah Lawrence Fishburne said that the first time he saw morpheus on the screen he was terrified of him he was like honestly he's like he scared me um, which I think is such a cool thing That's to great. go to watch your own performance and be kind of frightened by it. I am terrified. <laughs> well, I'm a scary mofo. Um, <laughs> Good job, right. me. <laughs> Good job, me. Uh, let's get into it. This is our final final actor, <laughs> final character with other actors up for it. So uh, when Will Smith was being offered the role, the Wachowskis thought was to pair him with Val Kilmer as Morpheus. And I think that's why I was like, I could see Val Kilmer as Neo before, because I knew that he was also considered for Morpheus, which that I cannot see at all. He's a much better Neo because he plays much better as someone who knows less than, mm. you, you know, like, yeah. and I, we've seen movies where he knows a lot and I just, I don't buy it to the same extent. I guess. I mean, in terms of the buddy cop pairing of him and Robert Downey Jr. and Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, he is, I, I think he's I got the like, I know true. what's what. So like, but But up. smart Alec knowing what's what is sure. different than I truly of have course. earned this knowledge and I, I pass agree. it on with yeah. like grace. 100% agree. Um, yeah, I can't see him at all. Uh, no, 
speaking of pancake mouth himself, Russell Crowe turned it down. Well, they were looking at Aussies. You <laughs> he know? said, I just didn't get it. I couldn't get past page 42. That world was just not interesting to me. So I was curious. So I looked up to see the script to The Matrix to see what's, what, that, uh, what's page happening on page 42. I'm guessing a lot of explanations. You guessed right. This is smack dab in when the 20 minutes were Morpheus. It's when they... uh. They're in the all, everything is all white. And he has, I knew it. And he's got like, like the two TV chairs with and the, the remote. TV. Right. I knew it. When, when he's like, you want to know what the real world looks like? And it's as if it's like the worst travel channel. He just like changes <laughs> and it's just like bleak buildings. And it's like, here, while you're staying in the Matrix, you can visit this hollowed out husk of a building or this other hollowed out husk of a building. Ooh. Ah. Uh. Make sure to go on the water slide and then get and then stop by the claw game where you might win yourself a Neopet. Um, Yeah. So this page is like, yeah, Morpheus steps into view as he clicks off the television. Morpheus, what is the Matrix? Control. This is where he's like, the Matrix is a computer generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being into this. He holds up a copper tap, a copper top battery. I will say that is one of the few moments that I was like, okay. okay. I will say also thinking about 1998 someone reading this in 97 or 98 is like so different than 2020 when we're like of course yeah duh my phone is a computer it's in my pocket (laughs) get with it bro of course of course of course of course um gary oldman was considered which that's someone with the gravitas that's someone that's like let me tell you what's what i don't know about the fight scenes but you know, and I also just think I, you know what he does do warmth and menace equally well. Yeah, I mean, I just think Lawrence Fishburne is just there's something so I can't even really describe what it is that he's doing, and I yeah. really it it really is like most easily encapsulated by that scene right after the Oracle when Neo comes out and before he can say anything, he's like. What she told you was, was for, for you. you. But yeah. he's infused with such hope when we've heard, like, yeah. you're going to die, buddy. You know? Right. It's it's like that contrast. And the actor clearly choosing, which is like a thing we talk about in acting, is like you choose, you choose the thing that's the furthest swing away from what is actually going to happen. Yeah. Or from what you pick an expectation that's different than what you're confronted with. And I think like he's just encapsulated that so beautifully and in such a human way of just Definitely. like yeah you know yeah. this is the guy I, I mean gary oldman is like that's your agent smith i mean yes. is, is more which is like you know which is of course once you got to the early aughts and you're like okay now gary oldman has his career renaissance renaissance or whatever with um uh, uh prisoner of azkaban and batman begins like that one-two punch yeah. of like where you play with that with Sirius Black, where you're like, oh, is this a bad guy? And you're like, oh, no, this actually isn't. We just assume because it's Gary Oldman totally. who plays so many bad guys. Um, so this would have been an interesting career move for him. And it, just, it kind of would have just would have done a little earlier what Harry Potter and ba- and the Took Nolan of. Batman yeah. movies uh, exactly played upon. Um, I like this option a lot. Chow Yun-Fat turned it down but that's that's someone that has no, the, he's so good the gravitas and that you know can do the fight scenes yeah huh yeah, Ooh, yeah. That, i like that a lot yeah um samuel L. jackson was considered for sure yeah i will say samuel L. jackson incredible actor but he's someone who one of the things i think that makes this movie successful is it's not trying to be a quippy action film i agree and i feel like if you have samuel l jackson he is so good at quips you're gonna write more of them which i feel like almost 
uh, like helps the actor but doesn't help the movie right you know what i mean i do because because along with of course phantom menace with hugh mcgregor as we discussed the right. other 1999 movie he had was deep blue sea oh, <laughs> in terms babe. of your quippy quippy action movies he Samuel Jackson was too busy getting uh, eaten by sharks <laughs> It's still that moment where that shark just eats him in the middle of inspirational speech is like, this is glorious. It's hilarious. Now that's, which I kind of, the Matrix is kind of similar to Inception for me in that you're like, the world, it's this fantastical world in a sense, mm-hmm. but the whole point is that you kind of have to it's keep it as grounded as possible. Because it's not, in the Matrix, opposed to like- Otherwise it'll just like fly right. off the rails. Because Exactly. Um, so when they're like, when Cypher betrays them, like what happens is it's just, he sees the deja vu cat. It's like, all they do is they, they brick up the building. So it's yeah. like, you can't get through. Opposed to like suddenly being like, it's a trap. And when you open the window, sharks are flying at you. It, it, like you can have any fantastical thing happen. Um, this happens when they've changed something. Right. And then just sharks are flying at you. That's what they've changed. <laughs> Whoa. What, what is it? Deja vu. N- nothing. I just saw a shark go by. And then I saw another shark go by. Was, Was it, it the, the same, same shark? shark? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but just imagine, if you could like do anything, that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of where the sequels get in it because Neo can fly. And they uh, jump the shark. I, 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 but just imagine if Keanu's on the ground, that other agent is over him and Trinity just shows up and goes, dodge this and hits him with the shark. <laughs> Tank, I need a program for a shark gun. How to build, how to build a shark gun. <laughs> I need a program on how to how to tame and no, ride no, no. a shark. Not to kill a shark. No, no, no. I want to shoot bullets from a shark's mouth. Not a gun to shoot at a shark. A gun to shoot sharks at, at agents. people. At people. Munch, munch, munch. <laughs> shark gun. Copyright. Normal starring. Um, <laughs> Look out. Look out. Uh, Michael Douglas was apparently considered... It's like sure. he's someone that I I buy I totally get with it. the speeches, I buy with the exposition, I buy with the gravitas. But is I he cannot, doing kung fu? I, I think don't not. think so. Uh no, no, no. You you know who could do those fights? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh brother. <laughs> but can yeah, you imagine? I cannot imagine it. It would all. be 45 minutes of explaining <laughs> No, they would have cut it to a tight four. They would have. They would have been like Trinity, would just they be doing all those speeches. Trinity and like Tank would be like, "I've got this. Let me tell you about it." While Morpheus goes yeah. and rests his enormous muscles. I know. I just cannot. No. Imagine it. Arnold is great in certain things, but uh, Morpheus not in the Matrix. Not. I am um, Morpheus. Another person. He's got that gravitas, but once again, I don't see the kung fu. Is Morgan Freeman? Yeah. Yeah. Again like fantastic at all the explanations like i wonder i mean just thinking of the neos of how they had to go through so many people and they were like we're willing to completely change this and have to be a woman like i they could have been like you know what we're willing for morpheus to not have to fight we're willing for him to like in the dojo the dojo scene could have been neo versus trinity absolutely that could have been neo versus cypher like i can absolutely see them them creating a world in which morpheus is much older and therefore is like i'm not doing the fighting I'm going to train everybody. But in the version of the film that we have, right. no. Yeah, most of our other options are people who uh, are, are simply too old. The one there, There's a rumor for a long time that Sean Connery was offered Morpheus. But people think he was offered, uh, there's the architect who's like this older guy that's in the, in the sequel. Um, sure, Ellen Page. Uh-huh, exactly. <laughs> Good joke, me. 
Uh, now I'm just picturing Inception with Michael Caine being like, oh, you're here to poach my brightest student, Sean <laughs> <Morgan> Freeman Connery. <laughs> No, no, no. I'm still picturing Sean Connery as the architect. I'm picturing him at, in the Ellen Page role in Inception. Just Sean Connery grumpily making these designs. Joseph Gordon-Levitt being like, they're, they're looking at us. Sean, ki- Sean Connery, kiss me. Kiss me. They're quick. They're looking. It's like, okay. It's, it's, it's like, or whatever. I'm also He's picturing just... like, like Sean Connery t- trying to take direction from Leonardo DiCaprio mm. and being like, <laughs> that noise, we all know that Sean Connery Of course. Made. I've designed the perfect dream. Um, yeah, but a, I, most likely he was offered the architect and not Morpheus. That's kind of been dispelled. It's it's sure. never 100% been put to rest. Um, but uh, There's always a lot of I previous know. drafts. Similarly, uh, Anthony Hopkins was considered. Yeah, it's like I think there's yeah. like, clearly there was a right. different, they were making it into a different yeah. kind of role. Uh, you're telling me you Mal- think- Malcolm McDowell was considered? Look, I love Malcolm McDowell. Oh my. Um... But it'd be different. It would be so different. Uh, Robert De Niro, which is like no, 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 no. Um, I could see this person. This person, I could see, and I could see, I could see him. Nineteen ninety nine, getting in shape for that training. Denzel. Oh, that's really like yeah. Lawrence, if you're not getting Lawrence Fishburne, of like, well, who's the other actor of that? I've seen Denzel do O'Neill on Broadway, and that's no small feat. He can handle the long gouache. Oh, absolutely. But how much older is Denzel than Lawrence Fishburne? You know what? It's a good question. Because Lawrence Fishburne, I think we realized last night, was 37 when he made this film, which is my current age. (laughs) And I can't do kung fu. Show me. <laughs> I'll show you how well I can. I don't. I do don't kung know kung fu. fu. Show me. Um, <laughs> let's see. Lawrence Fishburne was born in '61, and Denzel was born in '54. That's so seven like seven years older. Not that dramatic, right. but but enough to it, it. Like it's that kind of. It's also interesting when you think about like people who were. He's like not the leader of the resistance, but he's a big leader of the resistance. But he's also just like one guy leading a ship of mostly really young people. And so it's like that kind of revolutionary spirit is different when someone's 36, 37 than them when like 42, 44. I agree. I mean, ultimately... There are some interesting options here, Chow Yun Fat, Denzel, but it's But I think we're so lucky Lawrence we got Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne. Is perfect in this film, in my humble opinion. And in mine, Jeffrey. <laughs> so those are all the characters that I found other casting options for. So before we move on, we're gonna do a quick segment of passing chemistry. I want you to pick your top choice of the actors considered for each of the main four characters, not which actors you think are best individually, but which four do you think would have the best chemistry together? And you can't pick any of the actual actors who were cast. So for me, I would do Ewan McGregor as Neo. I, I For whatever, I, I, I see him. Like Johnny Depp might be better, but like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Ewan. I'm going to go with Ewan. I'm going to pair him with Michelle Yeoh. Because mm-hmm. um, I love Michelle Yeoh. And th- I don't know why, but I could just see them together and... I'll go with Chow Yun Fat as Morpheus. He's got the gravity. He can do the fighting. Um, I I like them. And you know what? And I'll do Chris Maloney hunting them down because um, I love Jean Reno. But uh, I, with with that trio, I like Chris Maloney for the Agent Smith. Amy Joe, who? What are your picks? All right, um, I'm gonna go for Neo with Lou Diamond Phillips. Great. I think he's very good at acting and was very captivating. Then for Trinity, I'm going to go with Uma because mm. she's so good at fighting and acting. 
Then for Agent Smith, I'm also going to go with Chris Maloney. Sure. I only had yeah. two options. I mean, Chris Maloney yeah. is excellent. And then for Morpheus, I'm also going to go with Chow Yun-Fat. Yeah. Because I want those fight scenes to be mind-blowing. And they Thank you. would be with all those people, I believe. Yeah. 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 How? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, now, uh, there are a few characters we didn't mention. I just want to briefly touch on them, uh, specifically Cypher, uh, Joe Pantoliano, because he's in Bound. Um, and Gina Gershon recommended him for Bound. So, wow. like, I don't know if he would have been in this film if it wasn't for the fact that Gina Gershon was like, oh, why don't you cast this guy in your small indie? Work begets work, baby. And exactly. He's good in that. And then he went on to get to do Matrix, which is cl- clearly was like... Such a launching pad for like for him, for Carrie Ann Moss, for Hugo Weaving, like so many people that were not known to an American audience, really. Um, And we we talked about how Memento is like such a little mini reunion with both Joey Pants Mm -hmm. and Carrie Ann Moss together. Um, But I I think he's so good. He's great. I think he's great in Cypher. He doesn't you forget you're like, oh, it's it's very quick in terms of like and now we're introducing he's the traitor and now he's betraying them in the next scene um he's he's really good yeah. and and like you totally buy him as someone who's like i'm fed up with the world wait no i'm fed up with this world now yeah, yeah. um and i had to briefly touch upon belinda mcclory aka switch your favorite the andro white leather jacket clad everyone else <laughs> is wearing full black tip to toe and she's like you know what because i've got this white hair why don't i wear a white leather baby why don't i go the full tilda and i was the just full like tilda this she's going the full tilda yeah great yeah so kind of kind of uh fitting with tilda i was just thinking of orlando the movie orlando because when belinda mcclory an australian actress auditioned for the role of switch she was only going for half the role the character was originally planned to be played by two androgynous actors in the real world it would be played by a male actor and in the matrix be represented in a female form hence the name switch Switch. and warner brothers refined the idea and mcclory ended up getting a single female role in both environments. Um, and I think that's a fascinating idea, especially fascinating now, knowing, knowing the Wachowski sisters, right. knowing that this was directed by two trans women, or right. at the time, closeted trans women, or totally. however you want to um, say define that or specify at that. At the time, yeah, two closeted trans women or right. two women who had not yet like but led to the... To, to know of like what was to come for them in the future, I think that's so fascinating it's to know. It's like the essence of non-binary is yeah. to have someone who is like, well, here I'll I'll present as female and here I'll present as male. But like, you know, to just like well, be it super brings andro. Up, I mean, it brings up its own, I mean, that's its own like low budget indie film of like someone in the Matrix that is whatever, walking around as a woman and wakes up as a man. And you're like- It's it, an it, interesting- It's. I think it's it brings up too um, many things that you would want to spend more time on to be like, wait, sure. what's the deal- because it's so fascinating that, to me, I want a whole subplot about that. It's interesting thinking about 1999 and the way we were. And in fact, we're not talking about gender. Yes. In 99. Absolutely. To think about like, well, what is your self-projection uh, when you're in a society that has um, brainwashed you yeah. versus like, how do you understand yourself to be when you don't have those constraints on you? 100%. That's really beautiful. I agree. And ultimately, it makes me wish that instead of the sequels 
they'd made a TV series set, just set in the same mm. world where you can have like different stories and a whole, just different characters. Because we and know just there are the many other ships in a whole exactly, city. Exactly. And you can have like a you whole. Can go full, like Doctor Who. Like, sure. You know, where yeah. they're traveling around and then they're in like big congregations. So you have like big episodes and small apps. Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where we're at. So, so final thoughts on the matrix, on the casting, uh, what, any other things that we didn't touch on? This was so much better even than I remembered it being like, I remembered it being iconic, but like mm-hmm. uh, the production design, the location scouting, a gorgeous film the, to look at. the, like everything is beautiful. Totally. It really is like a masterpiece of design. It's a great watch. It flies by. It's so smart. It's so fun. Uh, and I think it is impeccably cast. I think it it's really beautifully is done. the perfect of, of the act. They really lucked out and they got the best cast they could have. Amy, Joe, what are you recommending today? I have a couple of pods for us this week, Jeff. Love it. Um, the first is one of my favorite podcasts. It's called Still Processing. It is two culture writers from the New York Times, uh, Jenna Worsham and Wesley Morris. They're both black queer culture writers. They're so smart. They're so funny. They're so fun together. And um, so you can go and listen. They have a ton of backlog of really interesting stuff. Um, They talk about a lot of movies. So if, I mean, if you're listening to a movie podcast like us, like listen to them, they're a lot smarter than (laughs) us. Um, So they're phenomenal. It's called Still Processing. I, again, love every episode. And then um, another pod that has been going around a lot, um, like basically post the the death of George Floyd with everyone talking about like, we Mm -hmm. could really do a lot more to educate ourselves about uh, our country is um, 1619, the 1619 project. Ooh, it's so good. And, and the reason I'm I'm recommending them both at the same time is number one, because a lot of people have been recommending 1619. So I don't feel like I need to like signal boosted so much, except for to say like, I listened to it. It's excellent. You should listen to it. But also because I think it's the third episode uh, Wesley Morris, who's one of the two hosts of Still Processing, is like basically the guest host who takes us through the entire history of the minstrel show. Oh, and wow. It's fascinating. He takes us all through like American popular music from like the the inception of america through yeah. today and it's oh man like the whole pod is so good but like also because i i was like oh my gosh wesley <laughs> it's really a great listen so i recommend oh. both of those hail heritedly great um jeff uh, yes Amy Joe. what are you recommending today i'm so glad you asked i'm recommending uh another film about people discovering their powers uh 2018's fast color it was this small sci-fi drama thriller starring Gugu Mbatha-Raw as a woman with inherited superhuman abilities who's on the run and winds up having to hide out back home and reconnect with her mother and her daughter who also have abilities. Uh, it's a small film, very small film. It doesn't quite have the budget to do all the things it wants to do, but like I was watching it and I was like, I have never seen a superhero film quite like this mm. with th- I mean, three generations because it's her uh her mother is Lorraine Toussaint who some people will know she was V she's kind of the big bad on season two of Orange is the New Black Mm. and amongst many other things but that was definitely like what I first really knew her from um and then her daughter is this actress uh Sanaya Sidney who's on this show like The Passage with uh Mark Paul Glossier that we were seeing all these posters around that was like 
Zach Morris and then some like small little child. And you're like, she was the child. <laughs> um, but just see, yeah, to see like the superhero film of like three generations of black women uh, discovering their powers is really cool. Uh, and they're apparently developing it into a TV series as well, which I'm excited to check out. But until then, I uh, definitely recommend giving the film a watch. It's on Hulu right now. And it's like, you know, so if you got Hulu, it's totally free. So give it a watch. Well, it's totally included in your subscription <laughs> it's page. It's included in your subscription page. Exactly, exactly. And that's what we're recommending this week. da 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 <laughs> Do you have a movie that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at endalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. And if you're enjoying the show, head on over to iTunes and shoot us a little rating and or review. Preferably five whole stars. <laughs> that's the best rating and that's the best use of your time. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. Whoa. Whoa.